If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Duke Nukem. And when I'm not out slaying aliens and saving Earth's babes, I'm listening to Podcast Unlocked. Hail to the podcast, baby! Podcast Unlocked. What's happening? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Episode 241 for April... Well, actually, April 14th. We, As you can tell, we held the show briefly so that we could get past the Gears of War 4 multiplayer beta preview embargo. I went and played. We'll talk about that in a second. First, uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, Destin Legary. Hi, everybody. Svelte in blue, as always. Svelte. Very Clark Kentish. I like Clark it. Nice I just saw Batman versus the glasses, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the large version of this shirt I have. I have a medium <laughs> also, so this means I need to do laundry. You're working on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alana Pierce, good to see you, hey, as up? always. And the freshly food poisoned Sean Finnegan. You Hello. Poisoning? You I just had food poisoning. What did, yeah, what did you, where'd you get Chipotle. Oh, PSA. I was betrayed by my favorite Chipotle. <laughs> but you should know. I like mean, everyone's been getting, like, okay, Chipotle what? is Chipotle death. is like a ty- type of chicken? It's a burrito place. It is. It's a burrito place. Yeah. I was yeah. way off. I it's thought a it chain. was a type of chicken. It's a chain, and their uh, chicken has been basically infected across. They've I don't know board. if it's their chicken. I don't know what the deal it's their, is with they, it. It's, it could be their They've lettuce. It's been under siege so. from... <laughs> the lettuce? Yeah. yeah. The, the lettuce got something in it that's not supposed to be, and people were getting sick, so there's they been, had to close down for, like, a few days. There's been some crazy stuff happened? going on with Chipotle for a little bit, but anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge advocate of Chipotle. I go there all the time. I love it. I've only gotten food poisoning from there once before. Only oh, two before. times now. Yeah. Well, in like the ten years I've been going there, so it's you know, like, not bad odds. I've only had food poisoning once in my life. Oh, it's terrible. You're this like, is the uh, second time I've had it. You're like, I, I don't think I've ever had food poisoning. Reminds oh, me of I got it at an airport in uh, Thailand. Oh, oh it was really bad. Oof. You remind me of uh, the scene with. Captain Picard in Star Trek Insurrection, I think it was the last one, Haven't seen where it. it's like, <laughs> you know, they're in, they're sort of taking advantage of the local populace, right. Starfleet for their own good, and Picard's like, how many people does it take? That's what you remind <laughs> me, like, how many times does it take for you to, like, well, I've only been food poisoned from there now twice, now but twice. I guess I'm going to go back. Oh, yeah. Quick, quick question, did you actually go there, or did you pay somebody to bring it to your house? No, I went there this time. Oh, okay. Time. I this ended up time. on the way home from, we went and saw the movie last night, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when it was, 
That's when it was happening. Oh, uh, okay. You guys you- know Rudy's? Rudy's Can't Fail Cafe? No. no. Uh, there's two of them in Oakland, and the first one was started by one of the members of Green Day. Huh. Basically, just like incredibly good diner. And oh, I didn't nice. get home till like 11 last night because I'm reviewing a game on a ridiculous time frame and uh, just ordered Postmates, Rudy's Can't Fail. Right. I was like, this is just going to be the best night ever. Got this delicious, like, it's called like Popeye's Idaho or something. It's hash brown with a layer of Popeye's cheese, chicken. And then a layer of egg and then a layer oh. of spinach. Oh, mm. oh, okay. Delicious. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought no you food poisoning. You got food poisoning. Sounds, yeah. I did not get food poisoning. That sounds like a gut bomb, food, though. Yeah. That's, that'll, that's uh, heavy in your stomach right there. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, was, I had a food coma <laughs> afterwards, but it was very good. Better food coma than food poisoning. Exactly. Have Shark- you never had it before? It's I don't think worst. so. Shark, it have is you, terrible. Do you yeah, watch, I know, uh, right? Do you watch yeah. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? I watched like clips on the internet. So he just did a segment like I don't know <laughs> no. maybe a month ago about about Chipotle oh. and all the and he actually did they did man on the street interviews with people of like hey Chipotle's been you know running rampant with food would you still go there and a bunch of people were like yeah that's my yep. favorite you're like you, that's you <laughs> that's me man you would have been one of those Big people they interviewed Chipotle. the first time i got food poisoning there like a week later i was back and i was how, like how it's long, just a one time thing how long before you go back this time two i don't weeks? know this time was particularly bad i missed <laughs> oh. two days of work i was gone monday and tuesday wow. because mm-hmm. of that and uh I don't know, man. It'll be like it'll be a while before I go back there. You actually, I can see it in your <clears throat> face. You actually yeah. do look thinner. Thank you. I, well, I mean, you look great, John. <laughs> yeah. Food poisoning. <laughs> went on the food poisoning crash diet. Food poisoning. The reason people die is because they get dehydrated. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Have water, so it's like you lose all of your water weight oh, yeah. really, really quickly. Oh, it's yeah. like it's just terrible. It's oh, truly terrible. I'll spare you the details, but yeah, it's terrible, man. Yeah. And it's just you so I know it. if yeah. I had food poisoning at some point in my life. Sure. I it just been, comes like, out of nowhere, oh, okay. and you're just yeah. It was when I had it, I was just vomiting, yeah. and uh, okay. it was like every time that I had a sip of water, I would be like five minutes later, I would throw up, like oh, just a okay. sip of water. You can't hold know. anything it's down, terrible, or keep anything in. Got it. Never had poop poisoning. I'm gonna hopefully keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Things that aren't vomit or diarrhea (laughs) include Quantum Break, which is coming out for a week. Yeah. Uh, You guys started it yet? Yeah. So I've played. I've now played. uh, We're gonna talk about it. I have played the first act of the retail now finished version, and then I played the first two acts and watched the first two episodes back during the preview during the spring showcase. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like we probably played the same amount. I finished yeah. the first act. I'm just a little bit into the second. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, I haven't started the second. And, and I just, uh, I'm a little bit into act three. I watched the end of act two live action episode last night. Uh, yeah, what are you guys thinking of it? So far, I really, really like it. Like, Quantum it's, Break is... It's seemingly is, right up your alley because, yeah. you know, you're a filmmaker, you love you love film, and that's this, literally, blend, this literally blends those. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally what I was about to say. It was like, I actually really enjoy the idea of kind of like punctuating gameplay, like big gameplay chunks with an awesome episode of TV. And it's so cool because the episode of TV isn't bad. Like it's actually yeah, really surprisingly interesting. not bad. Yeah, like it's it definitely has a sci-fi channel look to it, yeah. right? Like it's not like the most high budget, expensive thing. Totally, but it like, works. I would say, like budget wise, it feels out. way better than what Microsoft's done before with other sort of live action versions of their stuff. Things like you know, with with uh, oh the Halo like Nightfall and stuff. Nightfall, Forward unto Dawn. I yeah, like that. Like, let's not talk about Nightfall. Yeah. No, but like both of them, like both of them, I would say Nightfall less so than Forward Unto Dawn. 
Uh, but Ford Unto Dawn stands on its own two feet. Yeah. It doesn't make it great, but the production quality pretty. is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would say it sets the standard for web series, not if you're talking about, you know, Hollywood, sure. right? It falls well short of Hollywood quality. But while this doesn't hit Hollywood quality, it does what it does pretty well in terms of Quantum Break. And I think the characters are interesting, and it's cool to see the other perspective, right, of what's going on inside Monarch. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. And I like I like having that break. I talked about this a lot when I talk about uh, Last of Us or when I just talk about video games the quantum break? <laughs> oh Sorry. Yeah. Get out. Uh, I have it's- this problem where uh, storytelling in video games is ruined by gameplay and vice versa. Like, I think they don't really work together all that Ludo well. Ludonarrative dissonance. Yeah, exactly. And I've been wanting to do a feature on this for a long time because as a filmmaker, Bar especially Shock in Infinite games has that... that so bad. Where oh, yeah. What you're doing oh, yeah. and what the story is trying to tell you are so different. Totally. Like, the story is, like, interdimensional and then the... The actual game is just like you shooting people. Like uh-huh. they're so separate, and I found that so frustrating. Pulling food out of trash cans. Yeah, and like two and totally shit. unrelated things that <laughs> are trying to tie themselves. That's together. our one. Sorry, <laughs> we just burned it. Uh, but yeah, like even in games that do it well, like The Last of Us. Like when I'm watching those cutscenes, all I want to do is watch those cutscenes, and then the cutscene ends, and I'm like, I have to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that game would have been a very good TV show. So yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I actually was so I came into this game expecting to love it because I adore Max Payne 1 and 2 and mm-hmm. I adore Alan Wake which is great. And this game's very has a very different feel than any than any of those games. And I was a little slow to warm up to it. I kind of I started playing I did act 1 and I was like I like it. It's good, but I kind of was like on Sunday night I was kind of well, I'm going to watch the HBO it's HBO night. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch show like I wasn't super pulled back mm-hmm. to it. But then as I got into act 2 and then through act 2 now I'm getting, I don't know, and I can't even explain why, but I'm more into it now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm liking it more and more as I go, and I totally agree that it's the the end of act live action episode is just this awesome dessert after I've just eaten my dinner, yeah. and I just kick back and I'm like, sweet, now it's time for the, now it's time to just hang back and watch watch the episode, and I really like it. The only thing I don't like is. Because apparently the live action stuff is streamed in, the bit rate yeah. is horrible. I was like, actually about it to looks the the quality looks at least on my and I have a normal Comcast, you know, pretty decent connection, like not some cable internet connection. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I agree with you. That's the one thing I was about to say is the viewing experience. And I wasn't sure why this was either, but now that you're telling me it's streamed in, I mean, that makes it sense. It has to be because it's, it changes based on your decisions. No, I th- it's because the the they. The amount of video, it, it probably would have been four Blu-rays or something. Right, because like combined with all the game assets. Yeah, so they, it's I, different I, for each person. I'm pretty sure the live-action show that you get. Right, because so there's so many different. It, yeah, exactly. So there's just too much. So they. I, that's what I read. I'm don't 100 percent quote me, but right. I'm like 99 percent sure in. that they stream in the like you can download it, but mm. I think it's something like. Somebody tweeted me it's something like 120 hmm. gigs if you want to download it all. That's crazy. And maybe I should. Maybe I should just let it go while I'm at work all day yeah. because, yeah, it's the, the quality of the live action episodes via a stream, at least in my experience, is not great. Yeah, see, for me, it was just a little, like, the playback was a little janky at parts or, like, I'd see, like, a phantom frame come in, like, in between edits, like that was from a previous yeah. shot. And I'd be like, it's forgivable stuff, but, like, it kind of bugs me just a tad. That said, like, I don't know, as the episode went on, it seemed to get better, so... 
Minor complaint on my end. Is everybody's uh, cutscene different, or are they all the same? No, they're different. It depends they are on different. Your they depend on your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like yeah. the because it choice. actually indicates. Yeah. Like I was playing the first act. And oh, the little yellow one. bug up in the. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a couple, right? Like there's one that says like, okay, so in the gameplay you can find these clues that actually trigger scenes in the TV show, yes. and mm-hmm. it's like this icon will appear when you're seeing what is it, a quantum ripple, mm-hmm. something which is like, like that. Yeah. A, a particular scene or a particular shot will not be in that episode if you didn't find that thing in the gameplay, which is actually real cool. And you can see that because it actually indicates it with an icon. Interesting. Yeah. So far, they haven't been like anything like super prominent in mind. Like, again, I'd only played in the retail version the first act, but it was just a very minor scene of two guys saying something about, like, in a line of dialogue, something that I had found in the game. Oh, okay. Which wouldn't have been there otherwise, which I think was super cool. My whole just thing- the idea that they're connected, you know? My whole thing about games like this is, like, uh, before it comes out, <clears throat> I've had to play an hour and a half of it three times. And I have to play through wow. that hour and a half to get to the new stuff again. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, I've already seen, like, the first hour of the game. Yeah. I don't want to play it for the fourth time. So there's always that bar I have to get over. And that's the only reason I haven't picked it up. Picked Woe up the is me, Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, part, it's part of uh, part of gameplay capture. It's a, no, totally it's so. a yeah. unfortunate part of our job. Yeah. If you want to call it call yeah. that. Yeah, and also I liked the. I guess you guys haven't seen the second live action episode yet. No, I, I saw liked, it during the preview. Yeah. I liked it a lot better than the first episode. Yeah, I thought thing, it was much better than. Well, oddly, not the, to say the first episode was bad, but I just liked episode two better. I agree, and like. I actually like Act 2 in the gameplay better, too. Like, to me, everything that I've played so far just ramps up. You yeah. Know? Like, the first step, the first act of gameplay is very much, like, establishing who the characters are and, like, what you're capable of and mm-hmm. kind of setting the stage. And then everything just goes, like, z- like goes 0 to 60 real fast right after that. It's super cool. I love hearing uh, everybody else's enthusiasm for the game because it's like, oh, man, like, I have to check this out. I think it's cool, man. You know? Like, I, yeah. you know, I just, I... I'm a huge advocate, especially nowadays in all of entertainment, not just video games, uh, of new IP and new ideas. And even if the game, even if a game or a movie falls short of an original vision, I appreciate it for having an original vision. And I think that this game nails it. I couldn't agree Aside more. Aside from the TV tie-in, what do you think is original about it? Just like the storytelling, man. Like I love time travel stuff. Like I think the performances are good. I love the I mean, idea. I don't of, think like, the gameplay is very original. I mean, I think it's good. But I don't think it's unique. I mean, it's it's very much a, a halfway. That's, it's a like a, it's like a weird amalgamation mechanics. of Max Payne and Alan Wake. Really, it's like it's and not as fast. Or yeah, it's not it's not those. as fast and, infam- and smooth as as Max Payne. You know, it's got a little a little it's a little slower than that. But with you know the time power stuff, yeah, it's it's definitely not the most original thing gameplay wise. But it, yeah. it executes pretty well. Yeah, the storytelling is definitely. I really wish really seen the powers I also really are haven't unique, seen right? a game. Yeah, they yeah, are, where but, it's yeah. like you can. I don't know. The idea that you can, like... So there's time travel games and then there's time manipulation games. This one's kind of both. Both. And it uses the logic of the time travel mechanics to manipulate the gameplay, right? That, I think, is pretty cool. I haven't seen a game that really does that. I mean, it definitely does it better than something like Life is Strange or whatever, but uh, it's... I haven't played it, so... Don't. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it. That's weird. Uh, I thought a lot of people... Final review. A lot of people do like it. It's device. They like episodes one, two, and three, and then after that, I heard it falls apart. It's all terrible. Like later. <laughs> just anyway. all complete trash. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely uses the time control mechanics in the actual combat in a smart way, though it's totally illogical. It's like, how is this shield capturing all of these bullets and then killing all of these men through time? Like, I have no idea how that's happening. But it doesn't time really matter. Time rarely makes sense. Well, <laughs> and I like... I, I saw, to the future. 
one of the one of the loading screens had a like quantum fact, mm-hmm. which I hadn't even thought about. So it's like, oh, so within the context of the quantum break universe, you can only go back in time as far as the time machine was built, yeah. which in the narrative, I well, I don't know if I it's a spoiler that makes sense. because it's like, oh, because right, because you're walking in and it's going like counterclockwise. So if there's if you go back to the, the the Stone Age, there's no nothing to walk out of. Yeah. Huh. But um, though I will say, that on the gameplay front, the one thing I am missing, I like all the time powers. I really want to be able to dive like Max totally. Payne. Yeah. I super want to dive and like hit dudes with the uh, you know the stop the the freeze and then blast Rockstar them. Rockstar has that trademarked. <laughs> Remedy invented it. Like I mean, yeah, Rockstar. On Remedy that. literally invented it. Have, like, with Max Payne. Bullet time is a thing that they own, even though. Well, they can like call it. Uh, they can call it Joyce time. Maybe mm. if they made it a different name, they'd still be <laughs> Jack time. To. I feel like they get they jacked. The Jack button. <laughs> Jacking off. The wait, jack- wait, different no. thing. Ah. Different thing. <laughs> That's a VR thing. That's. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, I, I I'm liking the game more as I get into it, and I'm uh, I'm glad to hear you guys. I just appreciate that it's legitimately trying a new way of storytelling. It definitely in games. is. Yeah, I also think it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's a very good looking game. Yeah, agreed yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, other stuff that's going on again. Just played Gears of War four. So Rod Ferguson, as you probably could tell from the title of the episode this week, the studio head at the Coalition, I AKA the man. Heading up Gears of War for now until the end of time. He is. Uh, he stopped by a few days ago. We've got that recorded. That's going to be after the news and marketplace report. So before Unlock Block. So we got about. A, I think it's about a twenty or thirty minute interview with him. Stay tuned for that. And as for Gears, so I think I'm the only one that's played it so far, right? Because the actual beta starts next week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you can read all my stuff on IGN. Uh, I've got impressions, but. The short version, which I encourage you to go watch the video, check it out, see it in action. We're going to have some gameplay. Oh, yeah. We've, it's up now. I mean, mm-hmm. as, as people hear and, or see this, it's yeah. up. But, yeah, it's, it's very much trying to just nail Gears of War. There's not a lot new going on, for better or for worse. I'm but so fine with that. Take a, look at, for, take a look for yourself. Please read my impressions and uh, listen for the interview with Rod later in the show. I was pretty uh, hesitant to get excited about Gears of War 4, but they finally did something interesting. They tied Marcus Phoenix to the new character in oh, the trailer. Oh, you're talking about the, yeah. the trailer? Yeah, yeah the story And I'm trailer. like, okay, a reason to care about the character. That's you know, all I ever wanted. I'm very JD happy. JD into that tree? It's a little cheesy. I'm pretty sure he's doing it with Dom's knife. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, that's like, cool. <gasps> the feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so sad, but uh, I haven't played. I didn't play Judgment. Uh, but I love Gears 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most expensive collectibles that I own is a $600 replica snub pistol that I just... Good <sighs> It's not even the most interesting weapon in the game. <laughs> well, it's basically all they had. So it was, it was <laughs> Make the one a that was available to me. Uh, they, they did what can one. I spend $600 of on? That's Gears of snub War pistol. right now. Well, also we have this pistol. <laughs> the Retro Lancer and uh, the original Lancer as well, but <sighs> they all sold out really fast. The wow. looks very cool. Um, but I, yeah, I love Gears of War, but I didn't play Judgment, so I feel like this is like the perfect amount of time to effectively reboot something, which I'm imagining this is going well, to be in a kind manner of, of speaking, like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, I don't, 
I didn't want to play Judgment because after three, I was like, I don't need any more Gears of War. I almost feel like yeah. I've overconsumed it. Like, I don't want to ruin the franchise by playing too much of it. So now that we've had, like, a nice amount of time to wait, I'm super excited about Gears 4. I haven't played Gears in forever. It's like... I just feel like it's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. You didn't uh, you didn't dabble with the ultimate edition from I last did. fall. Yeah, I did a little, but not yeah. you know really heavily. So yeah, I went. I I played like the first couple hours of the campaign again, and I was just like, "Yep, this still this totally holds up." Yeah, I love it. Gears One is such a good game. It's really yeah, good. weird personal note. I really don't like how they changed the Hammer of Dawn. Like they just changed the sounds and how it a little bit how it works. And I'm just like, Hammer why Dawn, did the you one change that, like, this from the saddle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Wait, I'm like, how did they, they change the sound effects? It goes like beep beep and then the sounds like this really muted new oh. sound before it was like very it, was like, it didn't need changing it yeah like a fire. How did they, they didn't change, change the mechanics controls? i guess it just it just feels different like i was playing online and i grabbed the hammer i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna nuke somebody and then it's like <laughs> i'm like kind of that doesn't make you hey feel you left your powerful. vacuum cleaner on <laughs> yeah yeah the whole thing of the mm-hmm. hammer of dawn existing and like what it did and what it was created for is just so freaking cool like, yeah uh, this was so good Hammered on and uh, what was it? The boom shot. Boom shot's really good. Yeah, those are my that's two favorite really weapons. Nice boom shot. Yeah, the boom shot's with the. That's I a like torque bow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, I only ever played the first gears. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, no. Play yeah. three. Three is the best. Three's three is really oh, good. Man. Here we go again. Two, oh my god. So you said three is the best. You think two's the best. Yeah. Mitch thinks judgment's the best. Mitch yeah. is. Uh, Marty thinks two. Not is the here best. anymore to defend two himself. is. Uh, the dumbest. <laughs> Such a good game. I don't want to go. I also really liked. We've it. had this conversation so many times. <laughs> we're 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 in a like, quantum break yeah, time yeah. loop right now. Uh, all right, we'll come right back. We got some interesting news going on this week, and then the interview with Rod Ferguson right after this. All right, news time. Enough of your destiny chatter, you I guys. Agree. Save Enough it for the it. destiny show. <laughs> Nobody fires that chat right here on IGN. <laughs> my destiny and me. Uh, first up this week, this one came mm. out of nowhere for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, because we remember a couple months ago, something like that. We heard, oh, Leslie Benzies, the like main creative director person uh, at Rockstar North on the entire Grand Theft Auto series. Turns out he had been on a sabbatical and then decided to just retire. Like, oh, okay, well, cool. He cashed out. Yeah, we clearly, talked about this. Yeah, clearly made a ton of money, and that was it. Well, this week, news breaking that he has... It is a he, by the way. Uh, he is suing Rockstar Games for $150 million, <laughs> alleging oh unpaid gosh. royalties and that he was not allowed to come back to work following his sabbatical, which I believe was something like seven months, something like so that. So I read that oh. it was from September 2014. So Right after they shipped the... Right. Well, actually, no, that's but a it, year later. But until to now, like, that's a long time. Like, that's well, not, no, not till now. I, uh, the the uh, sabbatical wasn't until now. Though. I mean, the, this lawsuit broke now. But, right. Uh, so here's... Sounds like they tried to take some money from him. We only have... A, we have a statement from both sides. So I'm just going to read you the statements. Because I think... You know, I don't even want to begin to speculate on this yeah. because without here, without without letting the the court proceedings go, because I think either subconsciously and even consciously for some people, they inherently think, oh, you know, the little guy got wrong, the big company's evil. We don't know. Like Leslie Benzies could be a huge tool who is impossible to work with. For <laughs> all we know, I mean, the guy's 
you know, we don't know. The guy's been there forever. But here is Leslie Benzie's attorney's statement. <clears throat> While on sabbatical, Mr. Benzies discovered numerous deceptions on the part of Take-Two, <clears throat> Rockstar, Rockstar North, Sam Hauser, and Dan Hauser, who sought to force him out of the company and terminate his portion of royalty payments based on arbitrary actions by the company's royalty allocation committee, a committee that may or may not have actually ever met. Okay, so that is, that is the uh, allegation there. Rockstar issued a statement to us when we followed up, and here is Rockstar's statement. Leslie Benzies was a valued employee of our company for many years. Sadly, the events that culminated in his resignation ultimately stem from his significant performance and conduct issues. Despite our repeated efforts to address and resolve these issues amicably both before and after his departure, Leslie has chosen to take this route in an attempt to set aside contract terms to which he previously agreed on multiple occasions. His claims are entirely without merit and in many ways, uh, excuse me, in many instances downright bizarre, and we are very confident this matter will be resolved in our favor." A core ethos since Rockstar's inception has been the concept of the team. It is deeply disappointing and simply wrong for Leslie to attempt to take personal credit for what has always been the tremendous efforts of the entire Rockstar team who remain hard at work on delivering the most immersive and engaging entertainment experiences we can I just have for to say that fans. This is so juicy. It really <laughs> this is. is so drama. Yeah. There is a lot here. It really makes yeah. me think. Have you guys watched Mad Men? Uh-huh. Remember when Don goes on sabbatical for a while because he gets like forced out of the company and he's mm-hmm. gone for like a year and he's just trying to keep tabs on what's going on. And then he comes back and makes on. the best commercial of all time yeah, and makes like, them billions of dollars. He's keeping tabs on the yeah. company using like oh, moles yeah. on the inside yeah. trying to figure out like what's going on and mm-hmm. stuff. Like this is what this reminds me of, you mm-hmm. know, like he's out on the out, like to everyone else in the world, like he's just on sabbatical, right? But like, you know, there's all this behind the scenes drama. That's what, like what I'm imagining in my head here. Mm-hmm. I want to do a dramatic reenactment. Dollars. Yeah, 150 million. That's, <laughs> That's a lot a huge of money. Amount of yeah. money. Well, but you, if you got to, you got to remember. We talked about this when he went on sabbatical originally. He had to be making had to be. We're a, speculating a, an, an impressive salary before he left because he, and plus all the insane bonuses yeah. that they probably got from sh- from each GTA, which you know each has sold more than the last. Culminating in GTA Five, I think what is it over fifty million? I think was the last. I mean, the, the bonuses. So the guy's clearly making good. So one hundred fifty well, million dollars is a, a ton of money. But when you consider if they are in fact withholding royalties, I totally believe that there'd be one hundred fifty million dollars in Grand Theft Auto royalties because of how well that series has yeah, sold over the years. Sure. Definitely, and maybe he's suing because he didn't get all this money that you're thinking he might have, and. He's like, right. hey, I helped make the Grand Theft Auto series. <laughs> Not even just we helped just, make it, but yeah. like, led it. Led, yeah, led, led it, it yeah. and I want my cut, you know, and his cut is $150 million, which is yeah. why he's suing for that. But again, amount. we also don't know, for all we know, because it definitely – Grand Theft Auto V was made – I mean, the core Rockstar North team is hundreds of people, but then – then they also get like every other Rockstar studio involved in whether it's testing or whether it's some gameplay system. They are like thousand person efforts. So Rockstar is certainly not wrong to say it's a team. Yeah, there, well, at the same time uh, they're going to settle. Like, <clears throat> no, I mean, at this, yeah. I I totally get it. Like the team is super important. All of these entertainment franchises, both in movies and games, are huge collaborative efforts. 
but the creative director and the producers are probably a little bit more important than like a coder. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, less, in the grand scheme of things, I guess, but at yeah. the same time, like if he signed a contract or something, which is basically what Rockstar's statement said, signed multiple contracts that basically said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I and he's whatever. open for a settlement. I bet 150 oh, million, oh, 150 million. Maybe if I get half that, yeah, fine. You know. But uh, he definitely for me, fine. 75. Yeah. Still good. Yeah, I. Yeah, like he he can Jason West it and just go off into the sunset <laughs> with with yeah. millions of dollars and live on a beach for the rest of his life, mm. but. For me, however this turns out in the courts, I'm honestly just sad. I'm as a gamer, I'm sad because this is a guy who has been part of, who has been a key part of some of my favorite games ever. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Three is a top game. Is a top probably five game of all time for me. I mean, when that it was when I first played that, on it like transformed anything. me. Yeah. It was, and then I think GTA V is legitimately one of the greatest video games ever made. Yeah, for sure. I really, Very truly do. Fantastic. And so, to me, I'm just sad that we're not that that we're not going to have him. Uh, he won't be working on GTA anymore. Mom and because, Dad are fighting. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> when, yeah, I mean, going back when three launched, it was just. I'm just. It took me a while to wrap my head around it. I'm like, there's this whole world that you can explore, basically, like New York, basically, right? Yeah, and it's just like. I can do anything, pretty much, like anything I want to, and it was hard to kind of. And you could do the missions in any number of ways. I would leave my game running and play the radio stations because there was such funny commentary on it. I'm just like, this is just so crazy that I'm experiencing this this way. All the hidden jumps, Mm -hmm. all the you know, if you did all the, if you did like fifty, well, you had to do like fifty of the police. Mm-hmm. Vigilante missions. You yeah. just steal a cop car and start answering the calls. Do yeah. enough of those, then you get like a permanent armor at your base, yeah. your hideout. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, yeah, there was just so it was, it was that game was transformative. I was absolutely. really young when I played it, but I really distinctly remember this one mission where there's like this like courtyard and there's all these white vans that I think you have to put bombs in them, mm-hmm. and then you had to like run away before they exploded or before everyone killed you. And I know that I just spent like forever trying to do that. And when I finally got it done, I was like. I could die happy now. And I would have been maybe 12 when I played it. Like, I was very young when I started playing GTA. But that game was, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. I wish that I had to play Vice City, though. It bugged out on me. Oh. Mm. Oh, Vice City bugged out on you? Yeah, because I, was I one bought of my the favorites. trilogy the with the one, original Xbox. Oh, yeah. So it was like, it came with GTA 3, Vice City, and San, San Andreas. Andreas. And oh. Vice City, I just kept falling through the floor. Oh, I man. That sucks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's going to be very interesting to see. This is really interesting. What? I hate how interested I am. Yeah, it's yeah. very like, drama ooh. heavy. Yeah, yeah. What? I, it's it'll just be interesting to see what Grand Theft Auto Six inevitably looks like without him. Like, if there's will will there be a a, a noticeable change in direction in some capacity, whether it's a gameplay change or a tonal change? Mm-hmm. You know, it'll it'll be very uh, fascinating to see what the next game looks like hopefully there's not a dramatic impact on six it's, this isn't a franchise i want to see go through turmoil i mean i don't Absolutely think so not. Right? like after you've gone through this many iterations of the game with or without your creative lead like you think you have a pretty good idea it's of what not the like have to be well it's not like the same thing every time though like look at what five does with the character swapping and everything they they make dramatic innovations but, from game to but game. here's the thing you know i i talk a lot about uh, i think i've said this before but it's very rare in the games business that a core team, talking about the leads, the main people, they stay together for an extended amount of time. Like, Rare had that for many years. 
uh, Bungie had that for a while, but like the Bungie you know now, and it's this fractured. is this is not a this is not a, a I'm not ripping on them, but the Bungie now is is very very different than the than the Halo Bungie. It's not the same people. There's Jason Jones, and there's one, but it's mostly a different team. But mm-hmm. the Grand Theft Auto team. That with the Hausers and Leslie Benzies and um, Aaron, oh, the art, it's the art director. I can't remember the art director's name, but it had been the co- same core team vert- pretty much since three. Mm-hmm. You're talking like 10, 15 years, which is virtually unheard of. And you know, when you get a talented group of people, that's like that's like keeping the Michael Jordan era Chicago Bulls together for to win six championships. I mean, that's exactly. Whereas most teams. End up this, you know, guys leave as free agents. They get traded, and things get disbanded. And you know, it, it you can't keep that group together. They kept that group together, mm-hmm. so it's sad that that group, at least a big piece of them, is now no longer there. It's yeah. so scary to think about, like the idea that maybe that group is why each GTA has sold more or, or has yeah. gotten better. Like I didn't like four that much, but I think five is incredible. Mm. Like it's scary that if we lost that team, then we would lose GTA. But at the same time. I don't know if Rockstar has ever made a bad game. Like Rockstar well, North. Rockstar Specifically North. Specifically Rockstar North. Let's like, specify. <laughs> like, well, I, well, they certainly haven't because their credited games. I, well, I'm trying to remember if uh, Manhunt wasn't that good. And I, was that I North? Don't, I don't, I, that's what I'm trying. I don't remember I'm if it was credited sure. to them. I, I'll have to look it up. Uh, wasn't there a tennis game? That wasn't Ping North. Pong? That wasn't North. But it was also good. Was it? Mm. It was good. Really? Tennis was it was literally good, made yeah. as wow. a as a test bed for the for the Rage engine, mm-hmm. which would go on to power GTA Four and all their other stuff. And GTA- they, they commercialized it and released wow. it as a game. GTA Four's controls and like narrative and everything was kind of clunky. But yeah, I didn't uh, like GTA Four so much. But, but its achievement was system. its visual fidelity. Yeah, well, yeah, like. Basically, the, but yeah. the, the density of that world was yeah. incredible. Oh, I mean, I remember, the in-game internet, which was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I remember like you would walk down a street and it would start raining, and people would actually pull out their umbrellas. Ew, For whatever yes. reason, I was like, "Whoa, yep. these people are alive!" <laughs> yeah, like, Manhunt was Man they're alive, and to, they have to money. Rockstar North, by the way. <laughs> well, oh. when Rockstar North, sorry, when Manhunt came out, because it was edgy, I thought it was cool, but I don't know what I actually thought of it as an. Gay. Also, uh, Manhunt apparently also the best the, the best gay dating yeah. app to chat with and meet guys worldwide. That's the other. That's the more modern version of Manhunt, according, <laughs> to, according to Google. That makes sense. The Google that search results. Sense. So, just FYI, if you're you know, Hunt for men, <laughs> then there you go. Sponsored but, by Manhunt. <laughs> you know, that's podcast unlocked. Brought to you by <laughs> Manhunt. So, uh, wow, this table is not. Level. Level, look at that. There you go. Learned something <laughs> new today. So anyway, uh, very, very fascinating drama afoot at Rockstar Games. We will probably not hear anything else about this until it's resolved. Be curious to see how it resolves. I agree with you. I think, Destin, I think it'll be a, a settlement, almost certainly. That's just... That, unless, yeah. unless they're just so angry at each other that... What, that Either or both of them decides. Nope, I'm in, I'm sticking this out. I'm gonna yeah. take this to the to the death. Well, that'd probably be Leslie. He's probably pissed. But you never. Well, Rockstar could yeah. be like, "F this guy." He's well. Know, that's their. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
There's no easy, there's no better way to calm some nerves than nice sixty or seventy million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, we're good, right? Fine. You got it seventy million dollars. It did make a billion dollars in like a day. Yeah, remember? So, like, <laughs> do you like in the grand scheme of things for how profitable GTA has been? That's not really that much money. I yeah, can't right? really think of any like slight against me that wouldn't be immediately yeah, forgotten with by sixty million dollars. Yeah, yeah but, no, it's fine. Remember, do you though, take sixty million today in exchange for like two billion lifetime? If I'm a game know? dev, yes. Yeah, but but yeah. remember, Sean, you got try to put yourself in Leslie's shoes though, because of course, uh, seemingly in his mind, I don't think he, it's about the money. No, if I don't he think so thinks if you were a game developer. And you th- mm. you had worked on this huge thing, and you you believe that you have a contract that entitles you to 150 million dollars, and they go no, and then you settle, you sue You're them, and then they're like, okay, well, we'll settle with you for 60. Sure, Are, that's not going to seem so great. No, you're I like, get I'm owed 150. But at the yeah. same time, like in my mind, and I do not know the legal proceedings at all. But like that should be a pretty clear cut case whether or not you deserve it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, if you, you sign the contract, so. but yeah. you then never you know, know, man. Right? I mean, yeah, no, you're totally right. You don't know. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know. For a game dev, it feels like there is no so few games make that much money just total in general. <laughs> uh if you could settle for sixty or seventy million dollars for just you personally, I don't know. Yeah, I There's think no it's that he's mad. It's easy though. to say sitting here. Yeah. Sure, he's but in I mean, New York. He can buy a house in the city if he wants. Well, they're in. They're yeah. in. They're Rockstar in. North is in, is in Edinburgh. Good. Go to New York, Destin. There are no houses there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could buy something for twenty million dollars. He the could city. buy so the sixty million sweet apartment yeah. in in the Upper yeah. West Side. He for could. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. He could live in New York City for 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. What other game can I make? <laughs> all right. Anyway. Uh, Titanfall 2. On to oh, less dramatic, snap. happier news. Where are my Titanfall people at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that Still love that game. It shipped a little, you know, not a lot of meat on the bones. Mm. It added that meat onto the bones as time went on, but unfortunately by then, a lot of the community had moved on. Yeah. So it just ended up dispersing people more than anything. Yeah. yeah, but we knew Titanfall 2 was coming. We had since found out that as we speculated and hoped and prayed to the gaming gods that it would have a single-player campaign, it does. We got our first official, like formal official acknowledgement of it. Did you guys see the little teaser trailer? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. So and what did it do for you, Destin? Uh, got me excited. <laughs> I'm definitely excited about the game. I uh, really liked the tease at the end about the new weapon mechanics. I think I heard a dinosaur at one point. You, <laughs> no, you heard the mech stomping around. I'm going to go. I hope yeah, the Titan. I'm, I'm hoping dinosaurs. Because I had the same, <laughs> dinosaurs versus I had the same <laughs> thought at first, yeah. too. I'm like, is that a dinosaur? Oh, yeah. And then the, <laughs> the leg yeah. stomps in. Uh, you're referring. I hope you find a dinosaur in the story. Please, that would please make this happen. Or a mech dinosaur. Oh my god! Mechasaur. Like Vanquish? I swear that's a thing in Vanquish. Probably. Like the dinosaur. I didn't even think of yeah. mech dinosaur. Now I'm really excited. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden has those. It's like Ninja Gaiden 3 has that one giant T Rex that's also a mech. Yep. Incredible. Uh, one so more of that. Genius. <laughs> you're, by, by, also swords. <laughs> by yeah. weapon, you're of course referring Shark to. The sword. The sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, how great is that? Dude, the sword is... I mean, here's the thing. If games have told you anything 
it's that swords are awesome. Like <laughs> the Destiny, sword and Destiny. That's what yeah, I like, say. When yeah. Destiny added swords, everyone was like swords. Yeah. It's like it's so. It's cool, like all man. guns, then a sword, and everyone's like, what? what a sword! Yeah. The yeah. end of one of the Arkham games has Batman with a sword. Yeah. I was just like, this is heaven. Like, this is all I want. Halo 2. Time. When you were like, there's a sword in Halo 2? Yeah. Like, the Covenant yeah. sword? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's still the thing you could see it with in multiplayer. Yeah, like, dude, I'm unstoppable so cool. with a sword. Halo 1 was like, they have swords. I want that. Oh, I can't get it. Halo 2's like, I don't know, here like, you go. <laughs> have fun. I feel, like, I feel like it's something yeah. that goes like, people never remember it, but then they always like they totally should, is that in any shooter, the best thing you can do to like up the ante in the sequel <laughs> is add melee weapons, like swords. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Like any shooter. Did they do that with Dead 2? I know that was robot dinosaurs. Also, dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> there was a sword in, I don't know about one, but I for sure, Left 4, mm. one of the Left 4 Deads had it a had, sword. It in had it. a katana, yeah. but I just two. don't know if it was in the first one as well. I think it was in it was two. two. I think first it one was, was in two, yeah. but I don't know if it was in both. It's a little different, though, because like, Left 4 Dead already had like melee weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you mean in the verse iteration? Yeah, uh, but still the sword, though. Yeah, <laughs> we need a yeah. sword. Yeah. So now we need a gun that shoots swords. <laughs> <laughs> Sword launcher. That sounds, that sounds like something out of Sunset Overdrive. Or a sword that shoots guns. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. How does that even work? Yeah, that's that's already a, a thing. That, that already exists. <laughs> so, yeah, to me, that you know, this, this is how you do a teaser trailer, right? Like, where you don't really say anything, but you say one cool thing. You, like, leave, like, you're like, okay, there's the pod. That's a Titan. That's a... <laughs> And then, okay, you, here's the title. You sound like the guy who made the trailer after watching it for the 80th time. There's the Titan. <laughs> yeah. And then he drops oh, the sword. Everybody else is like, what? Dude, that's how it yeah. is when you make something. I just yeah. had to do the Star Wars teaser trailer for yeah. April Fool's. I watched that thing like a thousand times. And then yeah. by the end, I'm like, is this even cool anymore? <laughs> yeah. Do I, is this cool or is it like, am I just bored? Yeah. It's hard when to tell. When you think about editing a video, the amount of times that you actually have to watch that video, it oh, be a 10-minute yeah. video, but for you to get it to 10 minutes, it's like an hour of stuff that you have to cut into 10 minutes. Yeah. Watch over and over and What's over. What's that like? Or like, there's so many, there's so many iterations <laughs> that we went through. People were like, what changes did you make? And I was like, dude, I don't know. At some point, there was like, this whole section wasn't here. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. So the full reveal for the game was dated at the end of the, the teaser for June 12th, which is when EA play, EA's EA Play press conference thing is at E3. So uh, expect to see Vince Zampella come out on stage and probably demo Titanfall 2, which I'm so happy about. Yeah, I'm stoked. We, I mean, we talked about it before, but like, while Titanfall didn't really like live up to the huge hype that everyone had for it, like it definitely set a really good foundation for a franchise. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same way that I feel about uh, Watch Dogs, mm. where I was like, they played this safe. It'll be yeah. better next time. Like, mm-hmm. I need the sequel to so be better. The one. way that I played most of uh, Titanfall was when I was listening to lectures at university, and I would just listen to the game, like, really low volume, and the lectures really high, like, over the internet. So <laughs> Titanfall was, like, my studying companion. You were in college wow. when that game came out? Yeah. We were all right here. <laughs> I, was, I, I was in university last year. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're old, Sean. Just newsflash. No, you're old. <laughs> I'm oh, not sorry. that old yet. Sorry. You got How old are you? little gray. Just, oh, the last <laughs> year I didn't yeah. know you before it all. Really? How old did you think I was? I don't know, 26. Oh, That's how old he was when I met him. Wow. That's good, though. Most people think I'm older than I am. 
Well, you got a couple grays in there. That's it's, the thing. It's, it's the not, age, not, like, yeah, it's not doing you any Asian dude entire in entire hair is gray. But you died <laughs> in that. <laughs> that was my choice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't choose to have gray hair in my beard. Yeah, oh, I've, 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 I've got a, a couple that have, I'm like, what the hell? I'm only 35. But it's What's less noticeable on you because your hair's lighter. Lighter, like, yeah. Mine's super dark. So you can spot it, but that's—I don't actually mind the gray hair. I'm I just like glad I'm not hair. going bald. I think it bald. looks cool. That's why I dyed mine gray. <laughs> that's true. You got to look at the positives. Yeah. You got the full yeah. head of hair. Well, yeah. as soon as I get like my—you know—people have told me that you know gray hair makes look, guys look distinguished. Unless you're like Silver Fox, that's a little too much. Got a salt like and pepper. That. You're okay. Yeah, it's going salt and pepper. Uh, so I figure as soon as I turn thirty, I'll just stop wearing contacts and wear glasses, and all of a sudden be forty. You're a professor, yeah. Mind. Yeah. Now, are you... You're going to look like a Ransky as how, soon as you is, <laughs> Does your family history indicate that that full head of hair is safe? Or are you, uh, are you yeah, at risk? My, my grandfather didn't start going bald until he was like 80. Yeah. And my dad never made it to that age, but he also had a full head of hair throughout his whole life. So all indications are good. Should how about be? you, Destin? Yeah. I should be bald already. Really? really? So yeah. you're, you're defying the odds right now? Yeah. My, well, it's your mom's side and my grandfather oh, yeah, and my mom's a, side. Mo- mother's yeah. father, right, is yeah, what they always yeah. say. To the, look at your maternal grandfather. Yeah, what? and uh, as long as I knew my grandpa Macedon, he was bald. Huh. So I guess I got my grandpa Roy's genes. He had full head of hair his whole life. Nice. So maybe right. they just canceled each other out. <laughs> you know? What about you, Alana? Balding? I actually don't know if this is a thing that... <laughs> no, I don't, do women grow bald? They, they can. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they definitely yeah. can. I think, I think you would have known. I think it's more more be, often, though, that it's just like thin. Hair loss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, that happens to me all the time because I bleach my hair so much. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. well yeah. It's weird because like people are always saying that, like, isn't hair just dead cells anyway is that right or is that skin welcome to biology unlocked yeah let's hear fingernails i well, never mind anyway okay the thing <laughs> yeah, that I, really trips me out you're talking about yeah hair, you know what whenever you shower i'm pretty sure this happens to everyone you will like if you wash your hair hair will come out yeah always you will lose hair yeah, yeah. how are we not all bald by now because it doesn't grow as fast as we lose it you lose like what five hairs every time you shower. How That's old? not a lot. It doesn't not, grow. You have thousands time. of them. It takes years to grow hair, though. Like statistically, well, I don't understand how we have hair. Like it doesn't make sense. Someone needs how to add. How do I yeah, still like, have long hair? So that sword in Titanfall. Welcome to, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to follicles unlock. Yeah. Thank, uh, thankfully, I'm. I should be safe. My maternal grandfather. Actually, rode a Harley and had lo- he had a ponytail. He had long hair into his eighties. Yeah. Where's yeah. your ponytail? My barber always and thank God because I have I'm stuck with this face. <laughs> so if, if, like I can at least have the full head of hair. But you have a radio voice, <laughs> right? As long as you don't see me. But my like my wife has to look at me. So, you know, my anybody I so, I socially interact with has to look at me. So. I, unless I hi, maybe I'll start doing the if I ever lose my hair maybe I'll do the Kylo Ren thing I'll just the hood and the mask and, <laughs> well uh, and, <laughs> how are you today awesome. <laughs> your Kylo Ren sounds a little lo- <laughs> like oh, Beavis you're Beavis <laughs> uh, how are you today Destin <laughs> uh, welcome so to great. podcast unlocked <laughs> I'm Butthead <laughs> oh that's really good I don't even I wrote my time codes are all thrown <laughs> off now. I don't even know. Balding what to do. part. Yeah, I don't know what Titanfall happened. Titanfall briefly. Out. Yeah, around, around billion, 40, billion we views. Talk about right hair. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Moving on. Moving on. Oh, so man. here's here's more uh, more shenanigans out of the UK. First, the Rockstar lawsuit, and now this. A rumor from UK gaming website MCV suggests that. 
Fable Legends may not be dead after all. Listen to this. According to MCV, sources at Lionhead say, quote, discussions are ongoing about saving the free-to-play RPG. MCV says the staff at Lionhead are, quote, being surveyed as to whether they would like to continue working on the game in place of the redundancy package, a.k.a. a severance package, they have been offered. One source says the new offer is because of a, of, of a ugh, boy of a proposal from some members of Lionhead to take Legends and continue development as an indie studio. What do you guys make of this? Because I certainly have an opinion, but I want to hear what I mean, you guys have to say first. It has to be really close to being done. Is one point like I just release it? I played a full. That's what I keep thinking is just you know. release it, but surely it's more complicated than that. But on the other hand, I would prefer if they just didn't and made something else instead rather than laying everyone off. Dustin? Just release the product that you had in beta for, like, weeks. Like, people were playing it. Just release that. And just put a disclaimer up front, like, hey, this is what we got. Make it it really cheap. (laughs) Enjoy. Well, it was free. It was (laughs) free to play. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is kind of just where we ended. (laughs) Yeah. It's free. Yeah. (laughs) Sean, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bummer. I just think, like... Even if that game wasn't shaping up, there were people who were excited to play it. And to hear that it's, like, dead and then not dead, like, I don't know. It kind of sucks to be kind of in limbo if you're one of those fans. So, I mean, like... I have an idea. If you could, it would Does be cool for Does anyone know a fan it. of that game? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you have people to People that listen to this show tweet at me a lot. People really when, like it? Because I'm not a big fan of it. But they're like, hey, I loved it. Like, you're crazy. Huh. So, for me, I... Wait, I wait, think, wait, wait. I have a thought ahead, before you do yep, yours. Because I think yours is really good. But release the game. Charge four ninety nine for it, and be like, if enough people buy this, we'll save Lionhead. <laughs> that's Basically. holding a studio. Yeah, that's ransom? holding a studio <laughs> hostage. <laughs> well, like, so buy this game, or all of these like, people lose. That's their what job. Kickstarter is. Fine, start a Kickstarter for it. That's Everybody, give five dollars, or we're gonna kill the hostage. <laughs> yeah. I love you, but that is a terrible idea. <laughs> that's so horrible. <laughs> so for well, me, Microsoft has th- this. Then is, it's just gone. <laughs> this whole situation, Microsoft's got it backwards. We need to save the studio, kill the game, not the other way around. How does mm-hmm. killing the game save the studio, though? Well, if it's either or. If they say, hey, we're releasing this game, and if it sells this well, we'll be able to well, save Lionhead. If, if they want to put you know. some money back in and yeah. b- start something else, mm-hmm. don't, like, okay, let, let this game go. Like, just forget about it. It's over. Start, start something else. Let it die. Let it go. So, because here's here's my take on this. I mean, if I everybody knows how I feel about this game, which is it's reboot. A, it's a decent game, but it has always sat wrong with me because it's got the Fable name on it, and it doesn't do it's anything. A, it's basically a lie. It doesn't do anything that Fable's good at, and <laughs> no, that Fable, it, and it doesn't do anything that makes Fable special and I makes love that. Fable Fable. It's basically a lie. It is. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, why do you think Microsoft canceled it? Because I, in my opinion, and, and I don't, again, I, I've gotten in trouble for, <laughs> for talking yes, about like, this game before, but uh, I just think this game would be forgotten about in a week. That's my honest, like, sorry, here it is, take on it. Because go yeah. all the way back to when this was announced. At Ga- I was there. Gamescom 2013. Me too. Uh, yeah. yeah, we were there. We were all you there. were there. Yep. Uh, well, you were they showed it. You were <laughs> you were in diapers. I was actually at Gamescom 2013 as well. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I was but still, still in college. a journalist while I was studying. Uh, 
They showed it behind closed doors. I mean, from moment one, every bit of this is a game that in the community and in the, the media has been extremely divisive. It's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of wait, huh? Like wait, is this yeah. has there? So answer me honestly. Do you guys has there ever been any significant buzz on this game? I'm talking like where there is sort of that wave of enthusiasm. No, definitely, not. Well, definitely not. For me, so. looking at statistics on the videos I published, the stuff we did from Gamescom 2013, it was DOA. It's not even nobody, just like, Nobody was interested. It's not even just like video views and article views, but the only time anyone was ever talking about it was in a negative light, which is like, why well, or is a, Or a stable? skeptical light, right? Because yeah. like, yeah. it's, 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 it's only ever been met with skepticism, confusion, uh, lukewarm, hands-on reports from people like me, uh, disappointment that this is that this is a fable game. So, th- like the studio is worth saving. There are clearly talented people there. Uh, th- I just I don't think this. I think it is the right move to just not have this game come out. Mm-hmm. But I just wish I that. Just, but why? When it was so close to being done, why not just release it? Because then whatever whatever, whatever they have to support. Well, then servers? then you have. Yeah. Maybe. I think I can think of two reasons. One, it. If it's if it bombs, it makes Microsoft, it makes the Xbox brand look bad that it a also, major first party game tanked. Yeah. And also two, hurts the Fable brand. Yeah, that's the other thing is Has whatever it already hurt the Fable brand. But whatever's left of the Fable, whatever juice is left in the Fable IP, takes a huge hit if yeah. this game comes out and just sinks <clears throat> immediately. There's also like a little bit of a fallacy with stuff like that. I don't know what the name of it is. Justin was talking about it like a couple of weeks ago on History of Awesome for some reason. But like there's this fallacy in business that's like, okay, well, if you have to cut your losses, there's an idea that you should just release the product anyway because at least then you can recoup some of the costs that you put into development. And that's an aired way of thinking about things because you should be thinking – you shouldn't be thinking, I've already spent this much money – or like I've already spent ten million. I might as well spend an extra five million to get it out, so that I can get five million back. Right, when or you should seven be thinking about back. how much more money do I need to spend from this point on? Yeah. that's going to get me to where exactly I need to right. Be. I mean, and it look, may be more than you. think. I had a review done, written, ready to go for OXM of NBA Elite Eleven. The game was done, and EA canceled the game mm-hmm. because they knew if it that destroy thing, that if that thing came out, it was now granted. What followed, they ended up that whole franchise is a disaster anyway. <laughs> anyway. But but just you know, you can't but if they had shipped that game, they knew like, wow, this is gonna do irreparable damage <clears throat> to our NBA brand. That was the basically T Pose basketball. That was game, right? Jesus Bynum. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. was T Pose Andrew Bynum at center court. Uh, Andrew Bynum was on the cover? No. Uh, <laughs> he w- this this was okay. a, a, a glitch that went viral. Because they did, <laughs> like, they released... Floating they, around like that. They made the, yeah. in hindsight, mistake of releasing a playable demo. Oof. Like, I had the full game. Yeah. Uh, but they did release a, a playable demo to the public, and it was just loaded with... First of all, it was, it was bad, because it was a bad game. And it, it had uh, all kinds of glitches in it, including the one Destin have, mentioned. What, That's what the was famous your review one. score? Tell I us. Say, tell no, us. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. It's, I, I want to say a four-something. Oof. Four-something. Yeah. Four out of five? No. <laughs> yeah. This game not, is terrible. Play it. 
Well, oh, nowadays, man. like bugs and glitches and stuff in games are kind that's of like the reason fun. I played that, that Ride to Hell Retribution like, game. Yeah, oh. Goat Simulator is. Like that's a game that's like built on the idea that glitches can be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and right. I find right. it so funny that when Bethesda games release with glitches, it's like endearing. Totally forget. Yeah. People are like, "Oh, yeah. my yeah. dog's stuck in a wall again." <laughs> as no long as they're mad about it. As long as it's not game breaking, it's yeah, fine. It's just yeah. funny. But some yeah. of them are game breaking. Well, Bethesda games. Yeah, sometimes. I know a bunch of people whose game who had game breaking bugs in those games before. I still think mm-hmm. it's a minority. No, it is. Like sometimes you like can't get out of your stuff. house. It's a little frustrating, but you're like, all right, I can't get out of my house because a Brahmin's stuck in the door, <laughs> and it looks totally ridiculous. The glitches you know. and bugs, like they're definitely more charming when the game is super good, and that yeah. tends to be the case with Bethesda games. I like every time I go to my my settlement in Fallout Four. Speaking of glitches, uh, one of my companions are laying on the ground and a Brahmin standing on top of them. <laughs> then I wake them up and the Brahmin's just standing on them. It's uh, pretty fun. So anyway, the <laughs> Fable Legends saga is not quite over yet. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, probably sooner rather than later. The staff will decide soon. If yeah. this is true, which are we do we think it is? No, <clears throat> I don't see it. Because Microsoft controls... I don't see Microsoft allowing... They own the IP. I don't yeah. see Microsoft allowing this game to be released. I'm sure some of the staff is super passionate about the project, of wants course. to complete it. Of but Microsoft's are. just like, no, you guys got to let it go. Sorry. So what if they just that like, would be my pull guess. a switcheroo and call it like The Gathering? <laughs> they just release it. <laughs> That's what they should have done to begin with. Yeah. Let's yeah, call it something it, else. Change the name, yeah. I should not have tattooed. So this says, one source says the new offer is because of a proposal from some members of Lionhead to take Legends and continue development as an indie studio. I don't see that happening. Right. I agree. Like, that entire sentence sounds like Microsoft would just be like, no, you nah. don't own Fable. Of course yeah. you yeah. can't do that. They wouldn't be like, hmm, maybe we should let you finish it. Yeah. Why? We canceled this, but you know what? You guys go ahead. It's yeah. fine. We invested millions of dollars into this project. Sure, you can have it. No, sure, that's. I mean, yeah. I guess they released it without the name Fable. It's Legends. Microsoft's fault to begin with for for going in this direction with the franchise. That's mm. that's what's really. That's, I still and, think there'll be a Fable. Fable. And that's what the, that's the whole thing that bothers like, me. We it's think like, there'll be a Fable reboot. This, Another yeah, one? my my dream like, scenario yeah. was that uh, Rare reboots it. But they I give mean, it to Rare. Isn't every Fable kind of like the Fable games aren't really connected? Um, Two and three. Are no, they games. are. Like, they're I mean, set loosely. Like, well, because they've been set like five hundred years apart, so they're not like directly connected, but they are connected loosely. But I mean, if you made a four that wasn't connected to the other, I think three. her point is like, what would a reboot of one oh, yeah. look like? Mm-hmm. If not just a new Fable, if game. not just yeah. like two, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, yeah which is totally. No, I fine. agree. I didn't know that there was a reboot or like a second reboot or there, like what? A reboot. There was no. never there's, a reboot. Three She's just saying each one's games. unique. Yeah. yeah, and they're all just very different to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't ever feel three like mainline fables plus yeah. two offshoots. Yes. yes, Fable One was always my favorite. I want to see a really dark new film noir <laughs> fable <I> mean, <laughs> with fables, a really serious too, tone. Like, had, like, no humor. That kind of feeling. A little Tell bit. me, chicken. <laughs> do you bleed? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's well, not bad. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh my god! My Jeez. name's Chicken Chaser. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> <laughs> I love those games. Okay, uh, and finally this week, another Microsoft news. Microsoft's E3 press conference will be at, drumroll please, when? The exact same time it always is, Monday so, exciting. of E3 at 9.30 a.m. 
Uh, I no. went to last year's E3 press conference for Microsoft. They're fun. It was awesome. Yeah, Microsoft does a good show. They Did do. you wear the yeah. bracelet? I had to wear the yeah. bracelet yeah. here before that, I think. Pulse. Yeah. I also went to their Gamescom one. <laughs> don't, don't get, get out of yeah. here with your bracelets. Yeah, too, I wore yeah. a space poncho, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> they learned their lesson. Now they just make you wear a, a bracelet that lights up randomly. Wait, Wait was it last year a necklace? It might have been a necklace, but... I, one year I had to wear a bracelet remember. that lit up, and I'm yeah, like, they do that. yeah, I'm not going to do E3 that. E3 last year is when they announced backwards compatibility, right? Yes. Yeah. That literally brought the house down oh, when I, I was in there. I had no idea. It was, that was so I think loud I, was, in I think there. I swore. I was just like straight up just like swore out loud because yeah. I had no idea that they were ever going to do and that. And no like, one would have heard you because oh, everyone man. was yelling. It was so, amazing. It was so loud. Like, it was crazy because like I remember talking to you. That was my favorite moment of E3 last year. Yeah, me too. I remember talking to, I forget who it was, but it was one of the higher up dudes. Yay, old things. Woo! Old oh. things we already have. Woo! Big been, fan of old things. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been actually when we did uh, uh, unlocked that same E3 with the pot, with the bo- with the Xbox with bosses. Yeah. I think it was Phil who was saying like it was a big moment to announce something like that and have a reaction like that at E3 because it wasn't just like a Xbox thing. Like Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, was there in the audience. Oh, stuff. right, like, right, yeah. A lot of the bigger dudes who were like, "What's this Xbox thing that Microsoft <laughs> is doing?" Uh, were there and like he thought it was just awesome. And I thought it was awesome. Did anyone too. at IGN know about that prior to it being announced? We, if anyone would have, it would have been you. Yeah, I, uh, no comment. I just vaguely <laughs> said, did anyone yeah. know about that? Yeah. I did not know. I didn't either. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what? Go EA, ahead, EA, Bioware, Microsoft. What is going on with Mass Effect? Where's two and three? You have backwards compatibility for one, but not two and three. Let me play the whole I'm game. Sure that is coming. Yeah. That is just one, and it's also Steam. Steam, you can get just Mass Effect One. I wonder. You have to go to Origin so, now and get two. And in three. all seriousness, I wonder if yeah. one came first, and it was platform exclusive, right? Because so, that, because Microsoft published it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Back when yeah. they yeah. and two, whereas two and three were you know, back they, in the early days of Xbox 360. It actually had the far superior uh, exclusive library. Bioshock totally. also was. Oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. it was too. Yeah. God, I feel Man, about Mass that. Effect, Bioshock, that yeah. Early uh, Xbox Halo, 360 Dead Rising, Amazing. Oh, Saints Dead Rising. Row. Oh. Yeah, it took like I've three... Saints Row 2? Saints Row 1 was had an Xbox 360 intro. exclusive. Yeah. It took like yeah. three or four years for PlayStation for those games to migrate over to PlayStation 4. Yeah. And even Mass Lost Planet, like PlayStation the graphical 3. capability was like mind-boggling. Yeah. Oh, the first Mass Effect? Dude, it looks yeah. terrible now, but back in the day, I, mean, I remember nothing being beautiful. It's still playable, though. Like, there's yeah. some games that look so bad that playing them is grating now. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect 1 still holds up. The Dude, narrative design's so do good. Do you remember Mass like Effect 1, yeah. like, killing your 360? Like, mine would just, like, convulse. Like, I could hear it <laughs> vibrating, and, like, its fans spinning so fast, like, trying to keep that thing running. Yeah. It was terrible on my 360. All right. Anyway, uh, the only other note I wanted to make on this the E3 press conference thing is, even though it's the same time as it's always been, Monday, 9.30 a.m., it used to be the first thing of E3. Like, all right, Microsoft press conference kicking off E3. Here we go. Now it's like literally the middle of E3. Yeah. With all the, like Bethesda and yeah. EA and all the Sunday stuff going There's on. There's more conferences this year or more conferences every year than there seems to be the previous year. But did you guys see that report that says like total number of vendors at E3 has decreased like by 60%? Yeah. Like it used it's, to be like 300, really 350 idea. and yeah. now it's like 100, 150. Yeah. ESA has been focusing what do you on make of like, that? well, well ESA has just been letting stuff. everybody in basically. And I think people are vendors are just kind of like, why don't we just do it ourselves at this point? Yeah. Like, who cares anymore? I mean, I, yeah. floor space has to be really expensive. Yeah, oh, clearly. And when like yeah. you know, EA is doing EA Play, that, I feel like everyone else is like, good idea. 
Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think next year will be a, a turning point one way or the other for E3. E3 2017. Yeah, well, either, this is going to be the test. Right. Either mm-hmm. EA, uh, rather, the ESA sort of makes changes to lure everybody back into the convention center, or everybody, or it goes the other way, and people are like, well, forget it. We're gonna, yeah. everybody, everybody's going to do their own thing. There will be no, like... Convention center kind of thing. Oh, God, always, I really hope which that means that there will always be an E3. E3. Like, there will always be an E3. People I mean, will go there. It's Nintendo but, Direct, yeah. so why couldn't every company just eventually just do that? Like Final Fantasy. Well, I don't know if Nintendo Directs, in my well, opinion, again, are the best we, way to deliver news. We'd come like, full circle to E3 2007, where everybody did their own thing, and so it was a disaster. It all canceled yeah. each other out, and nothing stood out, and it was just a. It was just dust in the wind. They're better. I also don't think like a lot of the smaller companies probably don't have the resources to do something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bummer. I love the idea of a convention and a centralized location. Yeah, me too. All the press and kind of like games industry people descend upon LA for a week. It's cool. That's the thing. I love. I still love E3. I've been to like twelve of them. I love it every year. I look so forward to it. I'm so happy to get there. I love E3 for yeah, the, the spectacle and just everything under one roof. And, oh, what am I going to see behind closed doors today? I love it. And I would hate to see it turn into just this, like, weird, oh, mm-hmm. uh, well, okay, Monday is EA's thing and Wednesday is, like, yeah. no. I'd, At the same time, it's gotten very frustrating. Like, I, you know, when I have to do direct feed mm-hmm. and I have to do interviews on the floor and do all this crazy stuff for IGN during the week, like, it's tough to see a bunch of people who – Quite frankly, are not there to do a job in my way, kind of There's making my job harder. Again, like we've that. talked many times about how, like, because you're right, Alana, is by all accounts, the floor space is, the booths are super expensive, and it's it's crazy money. And that's that's what happened the last time in 07. Yeah. Everybody said, why are we spending all this money? Forget it. And then everybody, and then they all realized, okay, that didn't go well. We'll go back and mm-hmm. we'll have an E3. But they learned from those mistakes, but, probably. Uh, yeah, what? I, we've talked about, like, why not just do it the way Gamescom and TGS I do it? Gamescom. Have public days after yep. where you can charge admission. Everybody keeps their booth set up and, and manned, and, and you There's recoup so your costs that anyway. way. So last year I was there for BBC, which I would think is a fairly reputable outlet. Gamescom or E3? E3. But I didn't have the IGN benefits, which meant that, like, sometimes I was... Even for BBC, I was waiting in a line for two hours to play a game, even though I had an mm-hmm. appointment. Wow. It was like... Yeah. I'm I'm trying to cover your game for an outlet. I'm media, and outlet. I'm waiting for two hours to play Unravel. Like mm-hmm. that was insane. Like yeah. that, they specifically wanted that game as like a narrative-driven game. It was like, yeah, it, wait, yes. why? Like, yeah. who are these people in this line? Do we all have appointments? Like, yeah. ESA runs E3, right? Yes. I noticed all their press releases are like record-breaking attendance numbers and everything. They're letting more and more people in. Mm-hmm. Not That's what true. We want. Major yeah. outlets are getting less and less coverage time for these properties. And it's just kind of like well, you're not going to find I, anybody in our audience that's gonna that's gonna really sympathize with us on that one. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. You better once IGN can't cover any of the stuff you want to hear about. You better sympathize with us. Well, oh, like Finnegan they might down. be able to they might be able to do the public day thing. But like I feel like EA uh, the ESA's goals and what E3 should be. E3 is like not a lot of people get in. You know, this is major exclusive stuff. Well, it's a, it's supposed to be a trade. Open it up to to like yeah, celebrities and stuff. Yeah. Celebrities, I get yeah. because those people have reach, but it's the people who have like five thousand subscribers on YouTube. Not that that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but 
you know, when like when there's 20 or 30 of them all in a row and they're all taking up the time that doesn't that doesn't allow people like us or not even us because I we're big. I wouldn't say YouTube is that a, a problem. It's like there's people who the are, cosplayers. Just I mean, a bunch of people cosplaying who are just playing a game, and I'm like, I'm trying to cover this for our audience who really wants to see it. You're just playing it. You're yeah. not going to write anything. Well, I'm pretty sure yeah, that, that like if yeah. you like know someone who works at Best Buy, <laughs> then you can like get a ticket by being associated with them as yeah. a much. consumer. So yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of the problem: is all the people yeah. who actually aren't There's a lot doing of anything and are just walking around. ESA is encouraging it by talking about <clears throat> yeah, record-breaking attendance be, numbers. Like, it's they're like, proud of that. Whereas when I read like, that, I'm like. Please stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very cool. Hard. The other struggling outlets that are trying to cover properties like this aren't getting time with games. Yeah, I mean, the two hours that I spent waiting for Unravel was two hours that yeah. meant that I couldn't play anything. And you're a huge BBC, BBC. is small, and they were still yeah. like, yeah. Eh. And the person yeah. next to me in the line was just like, "That for fun," and I was like, "God, <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. Like, come on!" Yeah, yeah. I mean, people get people. In our audience, get a little ticked off when we whine about these things. I don't mind. I'm going to whine because, like, it's a bummer. We're there to do a job, and things that prevent us from doing our job, we rightly. I mean, I think- would argue with you on the YouTuber thing. Like, I think that it's really good that people have. Like, if, if you don't let people who are producing content into E3 because they're not big enough, they can't get bigger. So I would, like, encourage YouTubers mm. to be able to go, but I don't think people E3's who are not the, the only trade content. show in the world, though. I like, have a problem with people that are going and doing nothing. Yes. Stop letting them in. With. Oh, See, did you cover it last year? No, you're not in this year. Yeah. That's problem the only solved. part that I have an issue with. Is Ryan's going and go. not covering it. I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting yeah. to rein it in. I think, there should be, I think there should be, you know, like a level cap, right? Not a level cap. Like a minimum <laughs> bar of entry. Like, it's not as if you're producing content or not producing content. That's good. I'm all for people who want to produce content out of it. But at some point, it's like, okay, we can let the people who have 100,000 subs or more, if they're doing YouTube-specifically content, or if they have a site or a .com, like, I don't know, there should be a priority list for these things. Because the problem with YouTube is like, yeah, it allows everyone in the world to produce content. And at some point, you just can't let everyone in the world. Sean Finnegan's one percenter E3 will be held at the figure out. It always has been a one percenter thing in the I've, games industry. It should stay that way. I've been on both oh, sides. Like I've worked for IGN. I've yeah. made my own website and run it for like six months. And I had enough of a following that they're like, okay, we know you've worked in media. We'll let you in. You know, but I barely got in. And now just anybody can get in. They're like, do you have Twitter? Sure, go for it. But like when you fill out that form, it's like, what are the three stories really you've written in the last form, yeah. last six months and everything? I'm like, cards. how are these people getting in? I don't get it, you know? So they know people. They the want, Best Buy they, people. They just, I think that the ESA probably just wants money. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because it's tarnishing what E3 yeah. represents and what it is. Do you pay for tickets if you're not media? You can pay a ton of money for to tickets. go, yeah, so, to so go. They, but I think those it's, numbers it's are limited. Prohibitively right? expensive. It's like five hundred dollars for a half. Day. And there's only like five thousand of them. I'm exaggerating. I'm guessing, but it is very high. Well, yeah. Xbox last year didn't <clears throat> they give away a bunch of passes as well, like five hundred to. I think. I don't so. think it was something? Xbox. It was Square Enix. Well, I think se- right? several sure publishers had. Oh, yeah. several. Yeah. The, the one if I you remember buy a booth, very specifically. You get Ten free passes or something. The one I remember yeah. very specifically was Square Enix put out a tweet being like, if you follow. Follow us on Twitter and tweet with this hashtag. You have a chance to win one of our passes, and they had like a thousand of them or two thousand of them that's, for just like random people. That's the kind of stuff that I wish wasn't.
wasn't at E3, but I still think the best option is the Gamescom option where you have media days. So people I think that's who true. Are I for work agree. Don't get too frustrated. And then absolutely, let other people, even YouTube everybody wins. Yeah. yeah, that's how it should be. Media Our wins, public wins, wins yeah. ESA wins. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand why. Glad we did that for them. Yeah, uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so thirty minutes later, um, <laughs> sorry, I opened that Pandora's box. Uh, let's go to the marketplace report, Alana. What can we be spending our money on this week? Uh, retail. Doc Souls Three just came out. Uh, that came it's out good. When this will be live. It'll be two days ago. It came out yeah. on Monday. Uh, it's excellent. Tuesday. Yeah, no joke. I've never played a Dark Souls game before, Tuesday. but all of the coverage we've been doing has made it seem really cool, and I think I might get into Dark it. Dark Souls is incredible. It's I good. highly recommend it. Good. Uh, digitally, we have Blues and Bullets Episode 2 for $5. Let a Quest Grimm's Journey Remastered for $10, and that one's a uh, turn-based RPG. Enigmatus, the Ghost of Maple Creek, is $10, but has a free trial adventure game. Again just, with the naming. It's a terrible name. Again with the naming. And Tickball, a dodgeball adventure, $8, which is a fantasy dodgeball game. I wonder what that is. It looked like an interesting little exactly. party game, like a little four, like two to four player top down co- party thing. Cool. Text based adventure. Just kidding. I love this. <laughs> what else? <laughs> about dodgeball? Uh, Marketplace, Halo 5's Warzone Firefight beta. Shark, you went up and played it. The beta starts now, I think, by the time people hear this. I did. I did what a little think, bit of a preview. Friend? I did a little preview that's live on IGN. We had it exclusively for the last week. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, actually. Like I like it more than regular Warzone. Um, it's still Firefight, like in its DNA, wave-based, very cooperative, pretty intense. Except now you get re- access to all of your requisitions, and there's cool mechanics and awesome bosses, and you could fly around in a banshee and shoot. And you've got a clock ticking at this point too, right? Yeah, five minute rounds. Like you wow. have to achieve your objective with your team in that five minutes, or else you lose on the spot. That's it's cool. not nice. like infinite waves survive as long as you can anymore. It's like just camp in the corner. Yeah, it's, yeah, not like that at all. It's 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 a unique blend of Warzone and Firefight in the Warzone sandbox, which I think is real cool. Yeah, uh, they plan to bring it to all maps. A lot of cool new bosses. It's just fun. It's fun. Great. Man, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, read my preview. It's live on IGN. But if you, you know, by the time this is out, I the beta will be live. up, yeah. So you should just go play it. Uh, awesome. We also have the... Well, you should also go watch the video so I can have please. a video of you. Yeah, <laughs> just one. Yeah. Uh, we also have the Battleborn open beta and insertions are out for the division. Incursions. Oh, yes. Insertions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insertions. That's yeah, that's a type of cut. That's, that's a, a different, different DLC. Yeah. That uh, goes with the VR. Destiny's <laughs> April update also hit uh, the same day as go. the Incursions. Uh, we did a live stream about what, it. So uh, you can coincidence? What incursions. What are they? In- incursions is basically the Division's Raids. raid. Yeah. Oh, it is cool. a 15 round wave based thing where you're trying to take out a tank, basically. Oh, man. So you have to work with your four man team, and there are team based sort of things that you have to do, like. Uh, somebody has to be over here to press a button. You both press a button. Somebody puts a bomb at the back of the tank. It blows up. Next round starts, and you're dealing with waves of enemies. Sounds while pretty this good. Is going yeah, on. it does sound it's, good. It's pretty fun. It's also very difficult. Very different to the main game. Yeah, it's very difficult. You got to go do you in do with that like a. Also being in cover. Well, you run around a lot. Like oh, there's sniper rounds, there's drone rounds, there's rusher rounds, mm. and you kind of kind of deal with all of that mm. while you're uh, going with the mechanic. You got to go in with like I recommend like a 180 gear score team. Uh, they also added a ton of updates to the Dark, Zo- Dark Zone, uh, including, like, supply drops. There's weekly and daily missions. This is a huge update for the, the Division. The level cap is still yeah. 30, right? Yes, okay. but now your gear score is how your end game works. It's kind of okay. like Destiny with exotics. Yeah. Okay. On the Destiny side, there's a new Prison of Elders mode. Your light level has been increased to 335. Ryan's really trying to move on, but there's a huge. <laughs> I have to go like also. in 20 minutes for an appointment. Yeah, yeah we're, we're way over. Today, so, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For April on 
Games Xbox, with gold. Games with gold. We have The Wolf Among Us all month long and Sunset Overdrive from the 16th to the 15th of yes. next month. Sunset Overdrive is incredible. Yeah, Apparently seriously. Apparently so is Wolf Among Us. Haven't played it. Wolf Among Us is also Oh, incredible. so good. Uh, on yeah. Xbox 360, These we have great. Dead Space, also incredible. Mm-hmm. And Saints Row 4, oh my god, also incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all very, very awesome. good games. I'm a Saints 3 guy, but 4 is good. I love 4. It's so much fun. 4 went... Too far off off the deep end for I me. I just like, like being able to fly. But it's a good game. Yeah, it's <laughs> what? you can fly in Saints Row. You're, yeah, you're basically like never a played superhero. Saints Row. I always just remembered it as like kind of a GTA knockoff. And it, it started that way. Right? The first one was, and yeah. then it just went super goofy. Play yeah. Saints Row the Third because it's like it's that exact tipping point where it's still grounded in reality, but it's pretty goofy and funny at the same time. Yeah. And then four is just like, uh, where do we go from here? Yeah, I guess it well, is, it's yeah. utterly ridiculous. And then it went to hell fun. after that. Yeah, and that was bad. Uh, that wasn't good. Anyway. But yeah, great lineup of games, though. Excellent. All right. Uh, stay tuned for the interview with Rod Ferguson, the studio head at the Coalition on Gears of War 4, right now. And then I got a question right on Unlock Block. Our special guest on Podcast Unlock this week is none other than Rod Ferguson. You know him as uh, the right hand of Cliff Blazinski during the early Wait, years. No, of... the no? things he does with his right hand, I do not want to be associated with. <laughs> you know what? He was just in here. He... That's probably fair. All right, so we'll move on past that. Uh, you were the fixer at uh, Irrational Games on Bioshock Infinite. You had a brief detour over to uh, 2K Marin. Yep. For some stuff, which I wanted to ask you about for a second. It's more of a journey of finding myself. (laughs) Some people backpack across Europe or walk through, you know, Australia. I just switched around game companies for a couple years. Yeah. And now you're at the the newly renamed The Coalition, formerly Black Tusk, and you are working on all things Gears of War related, starting with Gears of War 4. Correct. Which uh, we just played. You'll see by the time this airs, the coverage will all be up on IGN. And, uh, yeah, not, there are worse ways to spend an afternoon than <laughs> spending, like, three hours playing Gears of War 4's multiplayer beta. So, Rod, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, was about backtracking a second. You, you know, you kind of you have a big history with the series, but then uh, you, did, you headed off and, and you were very much credited with helping get Bioshock Infinite done and out the door, which turned out to be a great game. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you were working on what the, the, the rumor was Mafia 3. Right. So what what uh, what... what what led to you not working on that anymore? Because that's that's a big series too. That's uh, that's been sort of in development for a long time. The, the sure. third one. Uh, it's just sort of a misalignment of goals. I think yeah. is probably the easiest way to say it. It's just you know, and so I realized that what I was looking for and what they wanted were not necessarily the same things. And so uh, yeah, I decided that it was probably best for me to to leave. And, and it was kind of and it worked out crazy because I left 2K and then. Uh, I phoned a friend of mine at Microsoft and said, hey, I've left 2K and I want to start my own game studio. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, wait, what? And I, <laughs> I said, yeah, I left 2K. And he goes, well, we're looking to get gears. So if you're free, that changes a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're getting gears? Okay, that sounds great. And so, and, and Well, that was my next question. So it was that serendipitous where it, yeah. just, kind of, it just kind of worked out? Yeah, I didn't know that uh, Microsoft was getting it until I phoned them. I, like I said, I phoned my friend to say that I was going to form my own company. And he was like, hey, you should come and do this. And I was like, in a minute. Because like... I still wanted to keep working at Gears even at Epic, and it was yeah. only when Epic said, you know, we're putting this on the shelf, we're going to do other things, that I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to go then. So, yeah, I'm curious. So, you know, you started, you actually were at Microsoft uh, 
producing, if I remember correctly, on yeah. the Microsoft side well, I, with, I had, with Gears 1? Yeah, I mean, I would been – yeah, exactly. I'd been on the Gears uh, title for six months as a Microsoft producer. Uh, and then and I was seeing that they were having struggles. And so that was one of the things where I said – and I had just come off Counter-Strike Xbox where we had basically had to pull that entire game in-house. So that wow. was really my first experience of doing, like – being the lead producer for internal development as opposed to being a publishing producer. Mm-hmm. And I really got a taste for it. Like once you, once you do it, it was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And so I went back to being a publishing producer for six months and I just looked at Epic and like, they're really struggling on the production side. I think I could really help. And plus, that's what I really want to do with my yeah. career. And so it was an interesting conversation with my wife where uh, because I'd already gone through the process and then we got I signed the con- like deal and all this stuff. And, and uh, she was like, wait a second. You're leaving a company of 63,000 to go be employee number 63. Like, we could have the entire company in our front yard for a barbecue. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> Fortunately, I had already signed, so she had no way to make me sign. <laughs> so uh, you were, of course, uh, you worked on Gears pretty much all the way through. And yeah, for seven so, years. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, when you, when you take the Coalition gig and, and lead the new generation of Gears of War, do you call Cliff since that was his baby? Do you kind of look for his blessing or or no? No, <laughs> I mean I'm just curious. I don't know how it works. You know? Yeah, I, no. I mean Cliff's doing his own thing with Lawbreakers. Yeah, and, and it was clear like you know Cliff had moved on. So I was like you know it was one of the things I really wanted to make sure that that the coalition felt like it owned its own vision. Yeah. So I snuck some concept art to Chris Perna early on to say like, dude, what do you think? Because Chris is really the monster guy. And so I was just like, what you know, is, is this cool to you? Because it's cool to me. And he came back with really positive stuff. And so I was really excited about that. But no, I, I haven't talked to Cliff about the game specifics at all. I mean, the one thing we did do, like, to, to because we had to start the, you know, right away. Like, cause when, yeah. I, when I got there, like, you know, Black Tusk had been working on another game. So we had a pretty large, we didn't have a 10-person pre-production team. We had a pretty fully, you know, staffed up team. So we were just looking at how, what's the quickest way to get going? And so <clears throat> I flashed back to what we had done three years previous where we'd done some pre-production work on Gears 4 at Epic. And so there's some elements there that we're like, oh, there's an interesting character name and there's an interesting monster name and there's some concepts that we think maybe we could develop. And so that was one of the things where instead of going like, okay, let's start fresh and reimagine everything, we're just like, hey, there was some stuff that I really liked when I was at Epic. Let's just start there. And then within two weeks we had a story and then then the monster started to fall out of that. So it was a great sort of like, hey, I already have an idea. Let's go. That's crazy because Gears 4 is one of the rare titles where – it was announced the day you started working <laughs> right, on it because right. you, you know Microsoft buys the IP and then you're like okay well here we go we're we're going to start now we right. got Unreal Engine four and <laughs> right. and we're off right so and it's going to be it'll end up being about three years on right. the game right by the yeah. time it ships yeah yeah totally and that's the thing it's like it and we're starting fresh like when you look at Gears one I mean Gears one honestly was a five to six year title by the time they went through all the iterations and it started right. with Warfare it was a Battlefield competitor and then it changed midway through to become a, a story based game and so there was a lot of effort went into that so for us to go from nothing like we a new engine new team no concept like you know on day one in, in January 2014 to go from that to okay now we're shipping like that that was why i took some of the shortcuts it's like let, we don't have time to go on some mystic journey of exploration <laughs> you know i have we have some good ideas already about jd phoenix and about a bunch of other stuff let's just start executing so uh i'm curious how how do you think how did you feel about the e3 reveal last year um so in the moment it felt great in the post it i realized what we'd, we we had kind of gone too far like one of the things i try to push for, for people like one of my philosophies is uh, don't do it don't do anything halfway yeah 
right? And so when we're doing stuff, like either when you're like trying to show a feature off, I'm, I'm either keep it gray box and simple so people know that it's a work in progress or finish it, but don't find some middle ground where people are uncertain about what it is they're mm-hmm. seeing. And what had happened is that we wanted to do an announcement. And normally an announcement would be, here's a logo, maybe a piece of voiceover. Like look at their GDC, the black on red thing, right? That right. Was, that was, we, didn't, we weren't ready. We, the art wasn't ready. The texture, I mean, that's why it's black and red is because the textures weren't, <laughs> you know, we just weren't done. And so that was the true tease. And we, in our development of going through um, from pre-production into production, we had built this little visual target test for ourselves. And we're like, you know, this visual target is actually coming up really nicely. Like, we like how it looks and has a good sense of the tone. I'm like... Rather, why instead of teasing people with just a logo and a voiceover, why don't we just blow their minds by having something really cool with our visual target? And so we were all bought into that. And so we went and in my mind, and I played that live on stage. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And what ended up, ended up happening is people didn't – because it was so polished, nobody took it as – um, a tease. People said, oh, this is a demo of gameplay. Right, this, right. They all misinterpreted what it was. Instead of going like, holy crap, that's the best looking tease I've ever seen. They were like, huh, that gameplay doesn't look like Gears of War to me. It's a little slower pay, like, you know, in terms of because we walked down the street and we weren't doing a lot of fighting and, and that kind of stuff. And so I think that was my where I would go, huh, in hindsight, I probably would have I felt like we'd done a halfway thing again. Like we we weren't so limited on it was just a you know an image with a voiceover, so very minimalist, or it wasn't a full demo that we picked this middle ground. And probably in hindsight, I wouldn't do that. So let's talk about the the thirty frames per second campaign, sixty frames multiplayer yep. decision that you guys made. So sure. I'm all for it because I want to me part of what gears makes gears gears is. It just blows me away from right. a from a technical visual perspective. <laughs> right. I tweeted out my opinion and got a surprising like there is a huge polarization on this, sure. at least from my Twitter sample size <laughs> audience. Right. So both but, of them were upset. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, <laughs> so I'm curious if you if you wouldn't mind kind of elaborating on that decision, including what what benefits you're going to get, what, like what tangible on the screen benefits sure. you're going to get. From players, because I think there's a lot of maybe I'm projecting here, but a lot of younger generation players that have kind of more come up on Call of Duty and and they've been told, well, 60 frames is great and anything less is horrible. In fact, that's what they tweeted me like anything less than 60 (laughs) is is terrible. Like, well, aren't you all playing Destiny right Right, now? But so yeah, I'm curious if you can elaborate on the decision a bit. Oh sure. Well, it's just about that, right? It's the notion of wanting to make to push the visuals as hard as possible in the campaign, and so and and there's also other aspects. Like when you look at your frame rate, there's a number of elements that go into it. Part of it is rendering, right? So there's GPU constraints that once you start to do everything you do on the screen eats up milliseconds to the point where now you're getting down to it, and things like scene density and how much stuff you're drawing and all all those sorts of things, and the quality of the textures and and that resolution of the textures. So there's a GPU side, but there's also a CPU side. and so by the number of monsters you want on screens, the amount of AI that's running is going to eat up your CPU, which is going to slow you down too. Yeah. And so that's why it's actually easier for us to do 60 in multiplayer and 30 in campaign is because in multiplayer, you really don't have the AI dependencies that you have in, in single player. And, that, and, and you can make multiplayer arenas be a little bit cleaner in, in terms of not having to have the same object density. And, and, and you, know, you can kind of scale some of that stuff back. So. For us, it was like what's most important to us in the campaign has always been to blow people's minds visually. And then in the but when you're playing competitively in a multiplayer, obviously responsiveness is most important, and that's why we wanted to push 60. So we felt like that was the right trade-off: is to push visuals in campaign and to push responsiveness in multiplayer. All right. So Marcus Phoenix is the next guy I want to ask you about. Okay. It's 
it's really seems to be really hard to create a an iconic hero. <laughs> right. And you guys did that right. with the original Gears series. Right. And you know, when three four three took over Halo, right. they didn't leave Chief behind. Sure. Like kind of R with five, <laughs> but that's another that's another story entirely. Right. So uh, you've made the decision to not seemingly not have Marcus Phoenix, unless right. you're pulling some sort of red herring on me, which <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind. So uh, is Marcus in the game, and do you feel like there's a risk leaving him behind if, in fact, that is the case? Well, I mean, clearly it's a risk, right? I mean, one of the things for us was when we looked at where we were in the next game, there was a choice of whether to do it easy or do it right. So to do it easy, especially given where I had a new team, a new engine, all this stuff, was yeah. to say, like, okay, here's four. We were wrong. The Locusts are back, and it's Marcus and the squad, and it's three weeks later or six months later, right. and it's basically the same game but with a few more features and that kind of stuff. And we felt like that's an easy way to do it, but it doesn't give us that sort of a foundation to go even further into the future. And so for us, when we looked at it, we said, you know what, what we need is to build a foundation for a saga that we can go someplace and explore. And, we, you know, like a prequel didn't make sense because we kind of bang into your own game. Um, you know, an alternate planet didn't make sense because you kind of lose what makes Gears, like Sarah isn't meaningful. And we even talked about an origin story, but then it becomes the Spider-Man thing and I don't want another Marvel right, series, right. right? So for us, that idea of, of creating t- these younger heroes, these 25-year-olds where now through games you can actually develop them and create their characters. Like Marcus is a late 40s you know, character. He's kind of set. His personality, you notice, yeah. Marcus doesn't really change. The world changes around Marcus, but Marcus doesn't really change. And so a lot, having this building a foundation of new cast means we have a lot of places where we can go now. And then and we can actually see these characters change and develop as we play through the, the, you know, the saga that will be the future of Gears. So for me... Uh one reason I asked you about how you thought the reveal went at E3 is because I'm I'm a person who's a Gears of War fan, and it I I wasn't as excited as I wanted to be sure. by the by the reveal, and part of that was I just didn't get a sense of JD being super interesting. Of course, sure. there's virtually like no dialogue, so, <laughs> and so there's a bit of trade off there. But you know, yeah. first impressions count, right? Oh, so totally. I'm curious what what sort of going into what are you guys doing to try and make. JD a compelling, interesting character, the same way that, that there's some magic formula that made Marcus good. Well, I mean, part of it is, I think, so, so there's a, a bunch of things going uh, through my head Do to it. answer that. So, I mean, part of it is that I think some people forget about where we started. So when I talk to people about Delta Squad, people go like, brothers to the end, and all the da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, have you played Gears 1 lately? Because Marcus and Baird hated each other, and Dom was always <laughs> talking about knocking out his teeth and calling each other. Like, they were not friends. Right. And it took going through 1, 2, and 3 to get to where they got to, where people were like, oh, brothers to the end, yeah, Delta Squad. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, that took three games, guys. Like, it's not, that wasn't image one, right, frame <laughs> one. And so for us, too, is just like the notion of, you know, we had no time for backstory in Gears 1. When I came out of that, we, we didn't have a story, and we had content, but we didn't know where we were going with it. And so we, we didn't have time to really develop it, so really we went after archetypes. And even, like, initially, it was Cole was the, was the scientist, and Baird was the, the sports hero, and we tried all these things, and just because it, we didn't register right away, we ended yeah. up kind of simplifying it to these archetypes of, like, oh, okay, any given Sunday football guy, got it, <laughs> right? And our, my, our goal in terms of trying to make the story and the characters more contemporary, like, ten years later is to look at, well, you know, look, to me, it's the, it, this is not a great comparison, but the Tim Burton to Christopher Nolan thing. Like, Tim Burton, Batman is very yeah. much, it's the comic book, and Christopher Nolan has a lot more nuance. And, True. And, and so we'll never be as dark as a Christopher Nolan dark night, but the notion of there's more gray in their stories and there's more things to learn about and there's more nuance, so it's not like I can sit here and go, here's my three-word summary of JD as a character. I can't do that because there's more to JD than that. And plus, he's young, so my hope is that through the future games that you'll actually then he'll actually crystallize and form in your mind so for me it's about 
Gears 4 is about going on a journey of discovery. You're discovering this new monster. It's the, you're, this is the emergence day for the swarm. You're the first person to ever see the monster. And you get to play that and discover that. And as part of that, you also discover these three characters and their relationships and who they actually are. So it's not a, just a one-sided discovery. And so it's kind of you have to play it. And I know that's hard from a you haven't sold them to me yet. Right, right. But that's part of what, you know, like I, I would prefer not to market this game at all if I could get people to think, buy it without marketing it because I, <laughs> I didn't want to reveal this. Yeah, a lot of developers are that way, right? right. Just like play it when it's done. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, you know, the, hey, we're going to market the Sixth Sense and say there's ghosts or something. Like, I, I don't want to do that, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and so the notion of like I wanted to hold the swarm back because that is the game's discovery, but you have to, you know, people are concerned. What are you doing with my yeah. game, right? So we have to say, no, it's still a monster game. So for us, it's just finding that. But I think... That's why I'm saying this game, in all aspects of both the good, you know, the cast and the monster, is a journey of discovery that you have to go through. And my hope is that after playing Gears 4, you feel a lot closer to these characters and you care about them more. What do you think is, what do you feel is your biggest challenge on this game? You know, this first project with sure. your new team, bringing back this IP and really making it your own rather than, you know, Epic's game. Uh, for me, it's just doing right by the fans. You know, that was the, when I stood up in front of the coalition for the first time, it was about, we got to do it right before we do it different. You know, because I walked in and, and people were, we have a very diverse group of people from very many different types of games uh, and who had shipped AAA games before. But then, so they were like, hey, we finally get our hands on, the, on Gears. Here's what I've never seen in Gears. And here's verticality. Here's this, here's that, and here's that. And there was all these crazy, wacky ideas. Yeah. And I was like, guys, you haven't shown me you can even make cover yet. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, you need to show me pacing. You need to show me fronts. And you need to show me. And so that was the thing where, to me, it was like, if at the end of it, what we want is this feels like a Gears experience. And that's what we were trying to get across from the multiplayer today, too, is like where we innovate, we innovate selectively right. and, and things like the close cover combat mechanics and, and the weapon designs and the map designs. But what we want to go is like, oh, yeah, Gears is back on, in on it. It feels good. And that, that has been the number one mission above, uh, above all. Because it, it is, is it's, I got to imagine as a developer, especially picking up where a, a franchise left off, it's got to be kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't right. scenario, right? If you right. change too much, right. everybody's upset. Right. If you don't change enough, everybody's upset. No, exactly. Like I, I use this phrase, the betrayal of expectations, right? Like you have to betray your customer because if you do what just what they want, then they go like, I've played this before. Right. And they don't know what you're trying to do. And so you have to, if you don't betray it enough, then not good. If you betray it too much, that's not the game I wanted. This isn't Gears anymore. Yeah. And so what you want to do is betray their expectations in such a way that those little betrayals become surprise and delight, where they go like, I never thought of that. That's cool. Like that kind of stuff, right? And so it is very much a line you have to walk where you go like, does it still feel like Gears? But yet, oh, I'm, I'm surprised or you know, delighted by these changes. You were very, uh, in, the, in the presentation that, that we saw before we played, you were very careful to sort of connect with Gears 3 and kind of distance from judgment a little bit. Sure. Um, so what, what is it about Gears 3 that you think made it, made it sort of the, the one that you're building off of? Well, I just think if you look at the two, with Gears 3 and judgment, like which, which one is the truest form of Gears? And it's, and it's 3 as a baseline because 3 became the purest form of, of, you know, as we polished it from, you know, the cover system was a little clunky in one and we shot from the camera, not the weapon. And, right. things. and so we just kept improving it and it became Gears 3 essentially became the best version of Gears. And then you look at a studio that's been working on Gears of War for seven years, and they go like, hey, how can we mess with this a little? Like, what, like, <laughs> what are the things we could do? And, yeah. and what you see in Judgment is this idea of like, hey, what if we started putting some first-person shooter stuff in? Like, maybe changing the controls would be interesting. What about if we did first-person shooter controls or first-person movement and offhand grenades and all this stuff, right? And so 
Judgment was really meant as a playground, and that was one of the things that because we we thought we were going to make Gears Four at Epic, and so we felt like, huh, we have this the non-numbered version. Why don't we throw some of our ideas that we think we might do in, in four yeah. into Judgment and see how it lands, right? And so that's what's been great for us is we treat Judgment as the experimental one, and we can go and say, okay, we, three is the baseline, but now what about Judgment is interesting that we could potentially bring back? And those things like, you know, they had a smoothness to the movement, they had a speed to the responsiveness that I felt like there are things that we could definitely learn from and, and build into four. So it's like the Judgment's like the concept album, and now the band, exactly. now you're getting back exactly. in the studio. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what's up with Horde mode? Because Gears 3, I think, had talk about the that. most perfect uh, Horde mode of, really? uh, that we at least that we've seen so far. Uh, I really loved all of the all of the sort of base building defense, you know, uh, tower defense kind of sure. elements built into it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're actually like that that notion of co-op, that ability, like the playing with friends, is something that we we, we feel is central to Gears. So, you know, it was everything we do. Like we always say that co-op is the cake, not the icing, right? Because we, <laughs> we never cut it. Back in two thousand six, yeah. everybody was cutting co-op, cutting co-op, cutting co-op, because it was that too hard feature that maybe not enough people used in their minds. Right. And so co-op became central to us. It was something we could never cut. And so now we're actually putting co-op into multiplayer versus where we're saying, you know what, we're gonna create a mode that people can go in and then match make on the same team and have five humans against five bots easily so you can play socially and talk to people and strangers and make friends you can learn from other players and their tactics you can and you're playing in a non getting shotgun in the face by you know really skilled human thank player. you for that yeah. by the way <laughs> so and, and, and then we're recognizing you know when you look at league of legends are people like 50 percent of the people never leave bot mode they like 50 percent of the people never go online and so we have to recognize that some people are going to hang out in co-op versus and so we reward you with xp and that kind of stuff so that we don't just treat it as a practice but we treat it as a viable place to go play uh i'm asking on behalf of marty sleeva one of the other guys who's normally on this podcast okay there tell me there is he needs to know that there's there is razor hail in the game because that's his favorite thing <laughs> is about it? gears is razor hail interesting okay well let's just say there's extreme weather in the game does that work <laughs> that that's a good start we'll take that for now okay. uh last couple questions i have for you okay. are sort of related uh, is do you feel like is Black Tusk's other IP completely dead? I mean, we saw it. I, you're, you're a studio that's built now to to make Gears of War games, Gears, but yeah. we did see a very neat concept trailer at right. E3 what two or so years ago. Right? Uh, is that is that done? We're we going to hand that off to another studio, or yes. what do you think? Well, I mean, I don't know what Microsoft's going to do with that sort of idea. I mean, right now it's not being worked on by anybody or anything so it's on the shelf somewhere but uh, right now the reason we rebranded ourselves as the coalition is that we're dedicated to gears and all, all things gears so of course. that's not something we're going to ever pick up and on a related note so do you think now you've come back to gears of war after a brief journey into the wilds You're finding myself do you do you do you see uh, do you see yourself working on gears for the rest of your career is that is that uh, a, is that an interesting career path for yeah, you yeah if i'm lucky that would be yeah. great you know I, that's that was sort of like I, I love Gears of War. I love playing it. I love building it and creating it. And there's a large part of me that's in that game. Like when I look at that game, I see myself in it. So like this, the you know, I thought maybe Gears might be it for me, and uh, and I was happy with that. And and I'm happy with that now. As I look forward and go, like, is this the last franchise I ever work on? I'd be totally fine with that. That would be great. You know, and that's why that was why I got the tattoo was because it was the notion of this was it. Like I knew that I, yeah, yeah this, you know, it, it was not a temporary thing. This is a permanent thing. I know I've seen it. Where is it? Oh, it's right here. Yeah. Let's, let's get it on. Let's get it. Just, so it's, you know, it's, I, we can't I, zoom in. Cause I know, we don't I have, have a, a, but yeah, good art, it's but pretty visible. Frame. I have a very bad frame <laughs> for this. So, but yeah, so that, so that to me was like, that's dedication right there. Well, it not, yeah, I guess not many game creators go get the, their own logo put on their body, <laughs> but to me it was just, it, it spoke 
to my belief on that. I'm Gears Viking, and that's why I never changed my Twitter handle. Yeah. And, and it's funny that that's what people – I walk down the street in New York, and I, the guy doing the comedy show tonight, comedy show tonight, goes, Gears Viking. And, like, that's how <laughs> they know me. And I realize it's defined my career. It defines me, and I define it. And I'm, I love that. That's great. I love that, that, that you're that – I mean, it, it gives – as a player, it gives a lot of confidence that you adore your own thing <laughs> enough to do that because – I sure as hell wouldn't put any game on <laughs> my body. You have an IGN so. logo on your <laughs> <laughs> No. No. <laughs> I love working here, but for the – no, that's not happening. You know, my wife would divorce me. She'd be just like, clearly you're not capable of making rational decisions. That's I'm a, out the door. I've already been divorced once, Rod. I don't want to do it again. It's a horrible experience. I can imagine. I, I can imagine. Well, that's the funny thing is my wife sleeps to my left, and occasionally when I roll over, like the tattoo comes up. And, and she, hey, honey. And she goes, oh, God. And she's like, that really happened. Well, the game is Gears of War 4. The multiplayer beta begins April 18th. Do I have for that the, correct? For anybody who's played the Ultimate Edition, either on Windows 10 or Xbox One, yes. if you've played, uh, we'll, we'll send you a code, and you'll get early access. Uh, start. Like, we're going to roll the codes out because we're not doing a two-stage like pre-download start thing. We're just when you get the code, you can play. So, nice. Uh, because this is a real a real beta. Like it's not a pre-release demo. A marketing beta. No, it's not a marketing beta. It's a technical beta. We have code that we've never run before at scale, and so our focus is all about launch day. Um, and so it's going to be, hey, we want to roll things in and test servers as the load gets bigger and bigger. We want to make sure the game plays right. We want to make sure. So we're going to roll it out. So if you don't get it on at twelve oh one on the eighteenth, relax. It's coming. Well, buckle up. For for all those angry tweets yeah, the, at Gears Viking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and so we, for the first week is uh, the, the Ultimate Edition players. And then uh, starting the 25th is anybody with a gold account. All right, excellent. And then uh, full game October 11th. 11th. Uh, that's actually, we just talked about that on last week's podcast. I was surprised, I thought for sure, that uh, Microsoft likes to give their biggest tentpole game the November slot. Right. Did you guys have a say in that, or does does uh, Phil come down and be like, "All right, you guys are out in October. Let's do it." <laughs> no, we have a huge say in that uh, because ultimately your ship date is determined by your production schedule. Yeah, right. So you can't be, you know, it's not you can't have the the tail wagging the dog. So we go in and we talk about that. And Gears Three was out in September, so it's true, not, it's not unusual for us to change the time. And it was just it, it, from where we were going to be in production uh, and how things were shaping up. October just felt really good, and so it just it seemed like a natural date to target for us. Brilliant. The earlier we get it, the better. We'll be happy. Starting with the beta. Rod Ferguson, the studio head at the Coalition on Gears of War 4. Rod, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It was great. All right. Unlock block time. This one should be pretty easy. I knew this one right away. Uh, if you were, if you had a pulse in like 2009 in the games, in following the games business, you probably got this one right. So, uh, hopefully, you all did. Our question comes to us from Justin Ellison from Boone, Iowa, who asks. In Brutal Legend, who voiced the main character Eddie Riggs? Do you guys remember Tim Schafer's Brutal Legend? A uh, Real-time strategy game disguised as kind of an action game. Mm-hmm. I like this game. Yeah, it yeah. It was, In the end, it got a little. It. I love complicated with the mechanics. Yeah, like, I love Tim's game. Yeah. The, Tim's games. This one was the one that just never quite clicked for me. Oh, I like Metal. It would so be my least I really favorite liked of it. Tim Schafer's game. But still, a great Tim Schafer game. Yeah. So was it? Did Gary Oldman play that main character? Mark Hamill, Jack Black, 
Or the great Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. It's so funny if it was Patrick Stewart. <laughs> would be pretty hilarious if it was. Everybody's written down their answers. Alon, yeah. I'll go your way first. Do you remember? Uh, it is C, Jack Black. Shark? I also have C, Jack Black. Destin. That's who it is. That is correct. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Let me add everybody's points here. Hooray. I think that's uh, my first behind? point in 2016. I, so I've, I've been gone Alana for three weeks. Your second point. Is that my first oh. point? That is your first uh-huh. point, Alana, yes. I've been gone for three weeks doing Destiny stream clip outs. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Legend. Legend, yeah. <laughs> Where are uh, we at? Where are we at? Destin, it, so we have now uh, Mitch still, the ghost of Mitch has six points. All right. <laughs> Can Mar- Mitch win <laughs> 2016? Marty has six. He's in Japan this mm-hmm. week. Japan. And then Destin, you're at five. Shark two, Alana one. The year, it's a long year. It's yeah, like this a, is it's my like second a, week. So it's like a fifty-week year. We've got like forty, probably forty weeks to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, can we give Mitch money? Would have got that? No, <laughs> I tried to pull that last year. Yeah, like I was like, I would have known that. Has, was I here? But I wasn't. So. All right, disallowed. The question is, what is the prize this year? Oh, statue. So it's funny a you should ask. Statue. The, no, I, I've been informed <laughs> that the prize, the trophy, should be arriving here oh. via mail uh, this week. Ooh. And I'm very excited to see it. I'm gonna. We'll talk all about it when it arrives. And then uh, we'll go from there. Because, uh, yeah, a listener made it. And oh, wow. I've seen some in-progress pictures, and it's going to be incredible. Sweet. So uh, you'll want to win. You will want to win this year. There will be some serious wow. incentive. Mm. If you want to win a video game, though, we've got copies of the old 360 Gears of War games that are backwards compatible. <clears throat> we've got some Alan Wakes, uh, generously donated by you guys. And this week, Microsoft's finally sent out waves and waves of uh, Quantum Break PC codes to everybody that had pre-ordered the Xbox version. And a lot of people kindly saying, oh, hey, I don't need the PC version. You guys want to give it away on Unlocked? Yes. If you've got a capable right. PC, like, the gameplay is awesome on PC. So we've got a number of copies of Quantum Break for PC. So uh, Justin from Justin Ellerson from Boone, Iowa, will have his choice of what's in the stash. Thanks for the question and for listening. Yeah. And if, uh, if any of you out there want to win one of those games I just mentioned, send us your Xbox-related trivia question. Please include four multiple-choice answers and note the correct one in your email. And you, too, could win. Oh, you've got to send that to where, Destin? Unlocked at IGN.com. Very good. I love you. You're still you, a, little, a little uncertain still, but you got it. You said my name. My eyes went <laughs> like, wide. I'm oh, like, my God. Oh, I know this. <laughs> let's go. All right. Uh, let's get the heck out of here. It's late. And I haven't eaten anything. Mm-hmm. Got to go to a thing. That's right. That's I can't eat anything. I'm going to so LA. <laughs> be happy. Oh. Uh, yeah, still in recovery mode, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Shark, tell you Long what, Shark. Soup. Let's, let's get some sympathy uh, followers to go your way on Twitter. Tell us where we can find you and what you've been working on here. Follow me at Shot by Finnegan on Twitter and on Instagram. Take what are you, a murderer? Shot by Finnegan? Filmed. With a camera, <laughs> oh. not with a gun. <laughs> I did, t- I, one day I used to shoot weddings in college and I told my friend what, he was like, what'd you do today? I was like, I shot an elephant. And he was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Turns out at Indian weddings, it is tradition for the bride and groom to ride into the reception on an elephant. That's awesome. So and it was really cool. It? No, I shot it with a camera, <laughs> Destin. Uh, like I said, I did the Halo 5 Warzone Firefly preview. It's live yes. on IGN right now. Or but- YouTube. 
Yeah, or YouTube, check that out as well. It's all over my Twitter. Like, It's real cool, and we got a really huge amount of hands-on time with it. Also embedded in the preview are two cool dev commentaries that I did with two of the developers up there. So if you want some deeper insight, check those out. Lastly, I did the April Fool's Star Wars on Netflix video, which I worked for like two months on, and it's like the prime reason for me not being on this show yeah. or anywhere ever. <laughs> so uh, check that out. It's like at 1.5 million views right now. I really hope to get it up there even more. But like every view counts, share it with your friends, and hopefully you think it's awesome. Awesome. Sweet. Destin? Yeah, so IGN first for No Man's Sky. Uh, not an Xbox game. Not an plug Xbox it, game, but anyway. that's what I'm working on. It is on follow, PC. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Destin Legary. So that's, that's been released on IGN. I'm working on a video that's coming out this Friday. I'm not going to say what it is yet, Ooh, but we talked about it before on the show. Uh, I think people are really going to enjoy that. And other stuff, but yeah. <laughs> and also, my other phone things. was vibrating the whole show because it's like updating all the projects I have right. in the works. So yeah, but those are two, those, of the, two of the big ones. Turn off those push notifications. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alana, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at charalanazad, and uh, today actually I'm going to be finishing uh, a review of Chronos, which is an Oculus Rift exclusive that I really like. It's a lot like Darksiders. Nice. Uh, I'm also writing up a feature of the coolest Halo toys ever. Oh, which is very relevant very to our relevant. audience. Yes. And lastly, uh, last week, I just wanted to give a shout out to a cosplayer I featured for his uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider cosplay. Oh, yeah. He goes by Tom Breda. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's incredible. It's really, really, really cool. It's just like a, a sports gender reference. swap. I get it. Destin. Wait, also Tomb Raider. Reference? It also spells Tomb Raider, Sean. Like, but also Brady? Tom Brady. I don't think it's a reference I don't to that think, no, at all. No, it's Dude. Tomb Raider, but well, it's a guy. Okay, well, I, thought it was, I thought it was funny because it works on two levels. <laughs> How does that work? It's not even... Anyway. It would only be... <laughs> Tomb Raider. Only, Tom it would only work Raider. If it was Tom Brady dressed up as Tom Brader. Then well, you haven't seen the photos. Maybe he looks like him. <laughs> he, he looks... He's, he's a male Lara Croft. <laughs> It's very good. That's on IGN okay, right well, now. Okay, so. well, forgive me for giving him more credit than he deserves. <laughs> Guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I sell some fun t-shirts. There's a link on my Twitter profile. Not wearing one today because it's not... It's, it's really awful weather in San Francisco this month so far. Yeah, this weekend's going to be nice. I hope so. Yeah. I wear a jacket coming in, and then it's hot by lunchtime. Yeah. And then it's cold when I leave. It's truly like, uh, yeah. I've got, the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a weekly Tesla podcast if you like cars that are not powered by gasoline and uh what else oh the big one of course which hopefully you've seen already today to, uh, as of now the our my gears of war 4 beta preview is up both in written form and a whole bunch of video clips too including a proper video preview so take a look at that on ign and as, as destin said uh if you're fascinated by no man's sky just as we are i'm working hand in hand with destin on all that stuff yeah so uh, that's going to be rolling out all month long on IGN. Mm-hmm. Cool. For Alana, the Shark, and Destin, my name's Ryan. This is Podcast Unlocked, or was Podcast Unlocked, episode 241. Next week's a palindrome. Palindrome. Oh. Every 10 weeks. Awesome. Or thereabouts. I guess it could also be nine. Well, whatever. It would be seven. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Every couple months <laughs> or so. Uh, anyway, we'll see you guys next week.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.